what? You want to defend a magic artifact, and I mean defend it good, then what you need is a job quality knife. The Eviscerator is one of the finest, if not the finest, tactical folder on the market today. We're talking 440 stainless, quick release, and... Now, I don't believe this. Is this the staghorn handle at this price? It is, yep. It's the staghorn. At this price, you have got to be kidding me. That's got to be some kind of mistake right there. Now, you folks at home, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that can't be staghorn. It's got to be the cheaper manicure horn. But I've got the specs right here, and I'll tell you what. This is the real deal. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's exactly what it is. I mean, this, this is, I have no words to describe this deal. Honestly, have you ever seen Staghorn at this price? No, no, I don't believe I ever have. 1101-1816 is the item number on this one. We you know what? We're going to have to put a clock on this deal, folks. Two minutes. Can I get a clock of two minutes up there? Two minutes there? at most. Honestly, I'd be surprised if they last that long. Oh, I'd be very surprised. Shocked, really. Now, I know the lines are busy, people, but keep dialing in. If you want a truly exceptional knife, just slice up your friends in their sleep. Seven minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of November in the uh, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 to talk of this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program crafted here in America out of pure hate and loathing. It is uh, 503. Now I want to say everything like the nice guy. It's 503. 733 You want to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvitches, kvetches, donut recipes, ruminations, ponderings, musings of an ironic nature. Uh, maybe some sort of an embarrassing story about how your mother used to dress you up as a girl when you were a child. It's 503 733 503-733-2970. Uh, speaking of that. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along the observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. And by the way, we should give it up to Richie Bristol for having a little bit of follow-through. He's in heels, as Eddie Izzard would say, in heels as well today again. He's in higher heels today, too. Really? Is he taking it up a notch? He's taking it up a notch. I think by like, uh, like two inches, maybe? All right. Good for him. Never an inch last week. Well done, Richie. Uh, by the way, I should say this. Richie Bristol has arrived. We'll talk more about this, but I am holding in my hand. Now, have you been wondering why Richie Bristol, uh, PA extraordinaire, the man who screens your calls sometimes when you call in, is wearing high heels? I mean, it is a lifestyle choice, but also because he's going to be performing in this drag review, which is coming up Saturday, December 13th, 2008. He is the star of the show. I swear to God. I'm, and these, aren't, these weren't, like, made at his house on his computer. These are actual tickets from Tickets West. Taboo Video presents Richelle Crystal. I mean, his name above the fold there. He's above, above the line. And his website. The very first thing, it's his Tempo Video Presents, Rochelle.com. Really? Rochelle Crystal, appearing at the North Bank, 106 West 6th, Vancouver, Washington, Saturday, December 3rd. 
That's bizarre. I don't think my name has ever been anything like this. Anybody here ever had their name on tickets for an event? No. No, Tim and I were talking about it earlier, too, and Richie's like, oh, I've already had my name on a ticket before, too. All right. Anyway, so uh, more about that here in the studio. Anyway, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, able, and stylish. Uh, pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or, as Mr. Malbert would say, the absurd. It's 503-733-2970. You can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. So that opening audio there was from the new Futurama film, Bender's Game. Um... Which is pretty great, actually. So I watched that. I finished it over this weekend. I'd, I'd gotten a little bit of it watched, finished the whole thing this weekend. And so we have been sort of fixated on that knife guy. Uh, the guy that does that, you know, that late night knife infomercial. Where goes, Forget all that! You can buy 300 knives for just $298.15. That guy. And I thought it was just us. You know, sometimes you watch an infomercial, even though you're sort of intellectually aware that they are airing across the country in your head somehow you think you're the only one who really spends you know the whole watching it all the way through and you know we got a lot of response about it and then somebody was like you got to watch the new Futurama movie the knife guys in it and so there's this sequence where in sort of a Lord of the Rings thing where Fry has kind of become Gollum uh, and uh, anyway so Fry is looking he's he's camped out of the woods at, alone at night by himself and he's looking into a reflecting pond and you know how, like, Gollum looks into the reflecting pond and he sees there's, like, Smeagol and Gollum and they're having the, you know, you don't have any friends. That whole thing. Well, Fry is what looking into the... What's that voice today? It <laughs> it isn't, that's what he does. It's the, it's the, it's the it's Gollum voice. voice. It is an all-purpose voice. What do you mean? Well, you've made that, that voice already, like, four I only days. have. I only really have one voice. <laughs> but, but I laugh every time. I'm no Billy West. I'm a man of limited means, vocally speaking. Um... But so he looks into the pond and he sees uh, Gollum. Well, there's this where Fry looks into the reflecting pond because he's all obsessed with this crystal thing and it's turning him against his friend. And instead of, instead of seeing his reflection, he sees an infomercial from the knife guy. And that's Billy West, by the way, but who sounds just like that, that guy. That is uncanny. Yeah. And he's like trying to sell him this Dungeons and Dragons uh, knife for cutting up his friends. And it, it's got the manicure blade. So that's quite something. So well done, Billy West. Uh, the new Futurama film is called Bender's Game, available in stores now. <coughs> and there you go. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up today, seeing a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, will join us today from the Hill. Uh, Lisa Desjardins will talk to seeing a radio correspondent, Steve Castamount. Uh, let's see, what else? Doing today's top five. Uh, drugs are bad. But I got it right here. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. We'll get to that later on today. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. What else? Uh, we'll play some more of the uh, this Muzak CD that I brought in. we got a Clergy Watch coming up today, uh, Geek Watch coming up today, Special High Concept Monday today. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, well, Tim, you said something earlier. I'm not going to give it away. But you said something earlier that I want to discuss a little bit later on. Can I kind of dovetails or something that that I wanna, uh, wanted to talk about? I did. Yes, you did. So you weren't even. It was just a thing you said casually, but I made a note of it, and it's going to dovetail later on with something, and we're going to pretend it all happened organically. I didn't, think, I didn't think I said anything worthwhile this early. Tim, you're always saying that. Don't, Tim. Don't belittle yourself. All right, don't will... diminish your own genius, I, Tim. I, I don't remember saying anything about anything. See, but that's the thing, Tim. You're so filled with genius, you don't even really recognize it when it's happening. You've just become used to your own brilliance. All right, I'll take your word for it. Oh, you. All right. Uh, in any event, it's 503-733-2970. Let's see what... Oh, oh, and 
So I don't know if anybody uh, here, we were all sort of out doing our own thing, but uh, Friday's like us. If, if anybody out there heard uh, Tom like us on Friday, and if you if you did hear like us on Friday, you already know what I'm about to discuss. There was something, um, somebody called, there was this segment Come on. Kristen Bowie's boyfriend called Tom Likas and embarrassed her, and then Likas called Kristen Bowie directly. Holy <laughs> crap. Is that true? Yes, it is, Tim, oh, and I've got dude. the audio from it. Really? Yes. Well, since now that that's happened, can we say that we've also maybe, so maybe he's called our show a couple times? Is that true? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is he a serial caller? I'm sorry, Kristen's listening. I don't mean to make her feel bad. No, 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 no. I don't mean to cause embarrassing hurt. boyfriend syndrome, although I guess that ship has already sailed. Um... Has he called us before? What did he sound like? Does he sound like this? No, he's called oh. sometimes and, and pretended to be other people. Really? Hmm. Okay. Well, in any event, he uh, he called like us on uh, on on Friday, and I only heard little. I only heard part of it, and then I guess. Can you I, can you give us the gist of the call? I I really have not heard more than a little bit of it because uh, Kristen, to be fair, and we should say first of all, we love Kristen Bowie. Kristen is really um, Kristen's one of the raddest chicks ever, <laughs> and she is you know she's a professional fronter. She is from the old school, uh, even though she is a, a younger person, one of the youth. Uh, she is a game day player like the men of old. Uh, she really is uh, she really is worth her weight in the in tungsten, and uh, so she actually, to her credit. Came up to my office immediately after her boyfriend got on Lycus, and she's like, just so you know, my boyfriend called Tom Lycus, and apparently he lied to get on the air. <laughs> and so he was outed as, like, being being my boyfriend, like the boyfriend of the board up from Portland, because he was running Lycus on Friday. so embarrassing. And I said... Embarrassing boyfriend syndrome. I've been through that one. And I said, well, okay, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, what are you going to do? And, and then I got a text from Kristen about five minutes later. She's like... Dean, who is Tom's call screener, it's like, Dean just called me. And, and uh, you know, and so apparently they called her back and she went on the show on Friday. So we'll play a little bit of that audio. I have not heard most of it. I only know sort of the sort of Cliff's Notes version of it. She was really happy about it, though, as you can imagine. Anyway. Don't uh, they live together and stuff, too, don't they? I don't know. I'm not asking. Uh, I, just, you know, I guess as of last week, anyway. So we'll, um, I mean, I really don't know anything beyond that. So we'll we'll, we'll play it. Anywho, uh, let's see what else. Your phone calls and more. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Ooh, and I spotted a brand new hand gesture that they've started to use on television. So uh, so we'll get to that here in just a second. I got a brand new hand gesture that they are beginning to use on the television. Let's see. What else? Well, that's it. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Monday. Okay, you can tell we're getting into the holiday season because this was a weekend of Oregonians behaving badly. Everywhere. First person Oregon man is killed with a semi-automatic weapon used by a security guard at the Hollywood Scientology Center is in Hollywood, California. Not for just swinging one sword, but two samurai swords. Wait, he was from time. Portland? Yes. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I see, I heard that story that they gunned down some lunatic. Yeah. All right. He's an Oregonian. All right. Uh, Till McBayhunter claims his dog shot him. A man is shot at a motel on Southeast 82nd. A driver's in critical condition after slamming into a granite monument on West Burnside, ending a high-speed chase. A Beaverton cell phone clerk refuses to hand over cash, even with a gun pointed at his head. Wow. $20 million is being added to, let's see, Bailout City Group. It's a new batch. 
The government handout could total, they say correct in capital letters here, $7.4 trillion. This is the sum of everybody. Well, not us, but everybody else is getting $7.4 trillion. And this is like Citibank and Citigroup. Yeah, and, and all these people. All right. Not just them, but all right. this everybody. This is all told. Yes. Right. Uh, Twilight makes $70 million over the weekend. It is the first movie ever shot in Portland to be a success. Excellent. Well done, Twilight. So they got to be sequels. Right. And why does it sound like I'm echoey here? Um, is, is it turn Tim's mic up just a little bit there. A little bit muted. A little bit flat sound. How about now? There we go. That's better. A carjacker is beaten to death with a frozen turkey. Excellent. Is that here? No, it isn't. Okay. Well, but still, it's a turkey and it's a beating and it's death. It's early in the day. <laughs> it's only 11.18. As Jack Palance would say, day ain't over. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. Uh, how was your weekend? Satisfying? Exciting? It was chock full of bike riding goodness, and it was a lot of fun, except for the fact that um, the pilot light went out on my heater, and the inside of my apartment is colder than the outside. No, I'm sorry. It was that. freezing. I just stay at friends' houses all weekend. I couldn't even, I would have to wear, like, three sweatshirts inside just to be able to, like, walk around and make some food. It was so miserable, so I didn't even spend, like, any time in my freezing. Have apartment. you noticed this, too? That whenever your apartment, whenever the, the temperature goes wonky in your apartment, it's always, whatever the temperature is that you, that you want less of, there's always more of it inside than outside. In other mm-hmm. words, during the summer, your air conditioning goes, goes weird. It's always hotter in your apartment than outside. In the winter, always colder in your apartment than I outside. I opened my windows. What is up with it was that? So, it was so cold in my apartment. And it's 40 degrees outside, so I'm opening my windows to try and let some of the outside See, that doesn't make any in. sense. Why does that happen? It makes no sense. All right. Well, and I So anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so a ball was dropped this weekend, and the heat was supposed to be fixed on Saturday. And as of this morning, it's still not fixed. Yeah, that's great. So hopefully by the time I get. And it's because your pilot light went out. Yeah, the pilot light went out. So all they have to do, but the but the. My you can light that. You can fix that yourself, though, Tim. You can relight your own pilot light, can't you? I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, the thing is, is that you, the, the landlord in you talking? Well, no, I, I I think they tell you not to. Oh, really? It takes a degree of expertise. Because of the exploding and the death? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, fair it. enough. So well, the guy was, I guess, my downstairs neighbor, that jerk, said that he was going to be home, and he wasn't. So they came way to, to improve fix... neighbor relations. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't even know what he looks like. And they, they came to fix it, and I guess he, he said that he was going to be there, and he wasn't there. Good for him. Another problem. <laughs> so thanks, <broken. laughs> Seriously. You just live it. It's like one big boulevard of broken dreams where you live. Oh, seriously. The doorknobs coming off. <laughs> They selling just, it from underneath they you? They did actually just sell it, though. So. All right, then. Well, you've got a lease, though. Yeah, I have a lease till I think, May. So, right. hopefully... So, you'll be there at least until May. At least until May. All right. But it's cold, is what you're saying. It's, yes. yes it's I turned on the heat for the first time this morning. Yeah. See, my uh, my house is badly insulated, so... Uh, oh, you have oil. Well, it must be cheap for you now. Fill it up right now. Well, it's cheaper. Cheaper. Yeah. Mm. No, no, no. I filled the... Uh, Clever me, I filled the oil tank right before the the that prices dropped. Happens. You know, seriously, how much a gallon? Twelve dollars. Well, all right, I, I guess I get it now because it's going to go even higher. Seriously, but so now, of course, now it's like down by like eighty percent. I should just fill it up again right now, just to be you know, top it off. Anyway, so uh, no, that happened to me last winter, uh, and and uh, you know, where because you know, an oil uh, furnace, you can't let the oil get below a certain number of gallons, or else you get sediment. So once you get below like 40 gallons, you got to stop and you can't run it until you rate it. And I checked, there's like basically a big dipstick thing you use. And I checked and it was like at nine gallons. I mean, it's like way below where I was supposed to be. So I actually had to turn off the heater for like three days. Mm. Just sitting there just, oh, so very cold. It was so very cold. I'm yeah. walking around in my apartment with gloves and a scarf on. It's just totally. sad. And the dogs are looking at you like, what have we done? Is this because we peed <laughs> on the rug? I'm so sorry. So well. All right. Well, in any event. 
Uh, uh, let's see. So what? Uh, so I finished the Futurama movie, Bender's Game, this weekend. Oh, and I watched the Crying Game, or not the Crying Game, uh, Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Yes. So quite a movie. It was a very good amusing movie. and uh, a little traumatic, depending on one's frame of mind. I can so. see how you can identify with the yeah. Ben Affleck character. I mean, yeah. God, that was you. That's like you from Bigger Than Jesus, like talking about that. Totally, where he just goes all all mental uh, oh, about was, it. You're a whore. Insane. Yeah, that sequence outside the uh, skating rink. Skating rink. Jeez. That big that argument in the parking lot where it's just like, and everybody's had that fight. Everybody mm-hmm. has. You know, especially if you were like a jealous guy at any point in your life, everybody has had that fight. Especially where the other, not to be all downer about it at the beginning of the show, but where the other person is trying to be reasonable, where the other person in the relationship is trying to be mature and like, look, let's just be adult. You're like, I don't want to be, I want to be a jerk, you know, and you're just acting like a nine-year-old. Yeah, that was me. So, well, there you go. So I'm glad you, uh, glad you watched it. Yes, I it is it. funny though. It's. Uh, I laughed out loud during some of the sequences. It was pretty funny. It really is a truly hilarious film, but uh, yeah, not a, not an easy film to watch. Over there. Well, I'm glad you've seen it. Um, that's the definitive Kevin Smith film. That really is his masterwork. It's the best thing he's ever going to do. Uh, let's see. I love all the Comic Con stuff too. That just made me happy. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty it's pretty righteous, and it, it's the best ever use of a Soul Asylum song in a film. That closing credit song mm-hmm. uh, is wonderful. Let's see. Uh, so Futurama. Let, uh, what did I do last night? I watched the Shield penultimate episode again in preparation for tomorrow night's series finale. Uh, final episode of the Shield ever, ever, ever. Final episode tomorrow night. So getting ready for it. I watched the second to last episode again last night. Did I tell you about Jeff McGinley? Which story was this? Maybe I shouldn't. I should say this. So Jeff McGinley. Oh so yeah. He had, I don't know if I told this on the air or not. So Jeff McGinley, uh, who used to, you know, was our former chief engineer here, now works uh, over at, uh, you know, that other place. Um, works at, oh, works over at Intercom. He had put together this, this finale watching party for the Shield. It was going to be like this whole party of dudes getting together. Oh, and his wife wouldn't let him do it. Well, yes. Uh, I was going to put it a different way. Well, he had put together this whole. Party, this shield watching party for tomorrow night where a whole bunch of guys were going to get together because it is usually guys who watch the shield. Get together, sit there, and I don't know, eat jerky and, you know, I don't know, whatever, uh, you know, and, and talk about bitches and then watch the final episode of the shield. And then he comes and he's like, Sorry, Rick, I'm less than a man. I won't be able to do it. I have to go to my wife's holiday party. So, and by the way, who schedules their Christmas party like two days before Thanksgiving? That just doesn't make any sense. But the Christmas party is two days before. That's the thing is his wife's Christmas party is tomorrow. So he's like, I got to go. I'm sorry. I'd, I'd love to stay home and watch The Shield and be a real man, but I can't. So hmm. anyway, so that's right. I'll just sit at home, watch it alone. Uh, let's see. Uh, some other stuff to get to here. I'm going to get a couple of these. We've got some phone calls to get to, some brief notes from this weekend. Uh, Rick, heard you talk about the new Manilo. Here is the set list on the new Manilo record. Islands in a Stream. This is Barry Manilow celebrates the 80s. Duetting with anyone? 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 Reba McIntyre. Oh, yeah. There, really? there was an app of that in the New York Times over the weekend. Wow. That sounds awful. I love Barry Manilow, but really, there's no call for that. No. And Reba McIntyre? She was the only one available. I guess. Uh, open arms. Never going to give you up. Have I told you lately that I love you? I just called to say I love you. Take a look at me now. Careless whisper. Right here waiting by Richard Marks. Yes. Arthur's theme, hard to say I'm sorry, time after time, and I've had the time of my life. So there you go. That's the new Barry Manilow. Now, because we had such a great interview with Ron Dante, uh, somebody suggested this. I'm going to try. I, I emailed Ron Dante, and I'm like, hey, scratch your back, scratch mine. Can you hook us up with Barry Manilow? So Ron Dante is going to try to get us uh, an interview with Barry Manilow. So we'll see if that works. It's uh, no Those promise. interviews are rare. I know. But you know what? I, but I pressed onto him that we're real fans. Mm-hmm. Seen Barry uh, several times in concert, I have. So, 
Uh, and we have his album on the windowsill. With, that's uh, true. Bagel the Bagel. That's I right. Mean, bagel the Beagle? No, be, uh, Bagel the Beagle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's see what else. Here's something to make us all feel old. OMG, you have no idea, Rick, how much your show has shaped my whole personality. I started listening as a 13-year-old. I'm now almost 20. Keep rocking steady, he says. Cheers. That's from Raymond. So Raymond has listened to us throughout his entire teenage uh, span. His entire adolescence he's listened to us. Yeah, because we've been here, well, for this version, of, well, kind of like the original version, since 2001. Yeah. This version's been here since 2001, and then I've been here since, we missed the anniversary. It was sometime a couple weeks ago, well, but now over a decade. Us for, what, like four years? Yes. More longer than that. Five years? Yeah, well, five or six. Yeah, five or six. I, I came across one of the original videos of us Christmas time. I don't remember what year, but Christina Carlson. We were collecting toys in Beaverton. That was <gasps> Christina's last day, and that was when there, I rode with, with Bruce Agler. Yeah, that was, and then we all went to Salvador Molly's that, afterwards. That was cool. December thirteenth. I remember the date actually. That was December thirteenth because it was Christina's last day. That was in two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and Jeez. at a Buy Mart or a Target or something. Christina's last day, and then the following Monday was Sarah's first official day, her full first full day. So December thirteenth is the same day as Richie's kindergarten. That's true. Oh yeah. So we'll talk more about Richie and all of that. Let's see. We need uh, to find Christina one of these days too, just to know. I suppose. Whatever it became of. I don't know. I've moved. I on. want to thank her again. I've uh, I've moved past it. Uh, Rick, another sign of the impending zombie apocalypse. Kmart is adding to its branding. Kmart is now using Smart, a.k.a. S-Mart, in conjunction with its Kmart's name. All right, there you go. Shop Smart. Shop S-Mart. Oh, and I did spend yesterday also wandering around a cemetery, the um, Lone Fur. Now, see, did you? I told oh, you I just interviewed those guys for Outlook Portland. It was amazing, and the light was beautiful, and uh, Kelsey and I went bike riding. We, like, wandered all through there um, all day yesterday. Now, if you want, you talk to Rick Emerson. I'll hook you up with a tour. It totally seemed like, but that seems like the place where the zombie apocalypse yeah. is going to begin, because it's so old and decrepit, and, like, we were walking by this mausoleum that it looked like some of the stone was, popped, like, punched out on one of the I saw something had been fighting its way out. That's exactly what it looked like. That is now... It, it was kind of weird. Lone Fur Cemetery is, first of all, the oldest cemetery in Portland. Um, and again, I, and I just, uh, Laura and I went on the tour of there in Halloween, which is just unbelievable. And there's that album that just came out. Mm -hmm. This is not a plug. I have no financial stake in this. Um, it's called Dearly Departed, and it's ten Portland musicians each picked somebody who's buried there, and they wrote a song about them. Like Storm wrote a song about this woman named Charity who killed her husband with an axe. Go figure. Uh, let's see. There is a song. You know who's buried in Lonefur Cemetery? Who? Dr. Uh, James Hawthorne, who... Hawthorne Street is named for? We found... Uh, who ran the mental asylum on Asylum Avenue. Awesome. Yeah, we found Banfield. Yeah. Uh, we found Lads. We found Not. We found, like, all of these, like, names all... You know who else was. is buried alone for? The guy from Boston who lost the coin toss about the name of the city. So how's that? He loses the coin toss. They name it after, you know, the city of his arch rival, and he's stuck buried here forever. In your face! Uh, yeah, that place is great. They do tours all year round, and tours can sometimes be really cheesy, you know, when they're there, but those two are really good. They're really good. And well, just listeners. even in the middle of the day, just wandering yeah. around, because it's open to the public, so you can just ride your bike there and just go and stop and look at all the different gravestones. We saw them from, like, 18, uh, like, 42. There's a bunch of really, really... I can go on and on about the Lone First Cemetery. Oh, no, uh, and you can tell, like, even the great. places that it's paved, um, yeah. that, there, that there are bodies underneath there, obviously, totally. because the tombstones go all the way up to, you know, which where the road starts, but they're facing toward the road, so you know that... They're and they keep finding somewhere. bodies that they didn't know were there, by the way. Oh, yeah, and the sides of the hills yeah. and stuff, they're just kind of growing Like, they wanted out. to build some high-rises there a while back, and then they had to stop because they discovered there was a whole Chinese burial section that they didn't know was there. So, And then it just gets all Joe Beth Williams. So, uh, All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Yeah, shop smart, shop S smart. And it's it's true. Hey, Ricky Temisera. What's uh, up? The knife guy. That's that's got to be the best opening I've heard so uh, heard in a while. That was uh, yeah. That's from the new Futurama film. Nothing makes me laugh more than either the knife guy or parodies of the knife guy. No, the, and and it's and again, we thought we were the only ones who really knew about the knife guy. And yet they're watching the Futurama movie, even knowing it was coming. Because some folks had told me. They're like, OMG, the new Futurama movie has the knife guy. And I didn't know when it was going to happen, though. And Fry sort of looks into the looking, the reflecting pond. And then it's just, you know, and then you hear Billy West doing that voice. You know, it, you know, this is a manticore blade. You know, or just, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite something. Uh, tomorrow night, the Shield series finale. Dude, I'm all over I mean, it. I was listening to you guys your podcast from last week, and you guys said, uh, you know, you you saw the commish first, and then you saw the shield. Well, Sarah did. I've never seen the commish. Because uh, uh, I've the only thing I've ever I first saw Michael Chiklis in was the shield, and now I can only ever picture him as you know big rough and tough Dick Mackey. Totally, totally. And I've I've never seen the commish, and once I saw him, uh, Michael Chiklis in an episode of Seinfeld where he was like at a party or something, and he had hair, and he's all right. a little chubby, he's kind of friendly, and I just couldn't pick, couldn't see that. Here's, and, uh, if you want to blow your mind, go back and watch the Three Stooges movie where he plays Curly. Uh, you know, with a knife. So, uh, that'd probably blow my world. All right, thank you, sir. Special over. All right, there you go. Well, I'm glad you did that, Sarah. That is, uh, you and Kelsey did that? Yeah, we had the yeah, Fantastic. it was Adventure Day. I love that's what I say my weekends for. So we went on a bike ride. We went and had Sparks in the Park first. All right, that's how you got to start. Of course, of course. And then went for yeah, a long bike ride. And then yes, rode rode around, went um, all over Portland. It was I had a big Portland weekend. We're gonna uh, we're probably gonna have somebody from the Lone Fur Cemetery on the show at some point because that they would, would be uh, amazing. That cemetery is filled with just I know all cemeteries have great stories, but there's some really amazingly effed up stories. It is, and it is so cool looking. Yeah. like it's just scattered. It looks like something out of a movie. It, it does. doesn't look real. It it, it looks like a, it looks like a set. You're mm-hmm. right. So. Perhaps right, it, it, it could also be interviewed in that certain weekend program that we hear so much about. That's a good idea, Tim. That's a super idea, Tim. That's wonderful. You mean Outlook Portland, Sunday, 6.30 on the CW, the home of Gossip Girl? That's exactly, and soon to be the home of Tira Banks. Is that true? Yes. For what? She's she's moving from syndication to the CW in the afternoon. The CW, the home of Rick Emerson. Yes, excellent. But you were there before she was. No, it's true. Well, I'm just following you, Rick. I paved the way for her. I'm a groundbreaker. Have you guys ever seen Tyra Banks' show? No. It is. I think it's so Could Chris Paddock watches it, so I don't have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn it on in the movies. Some or in the movies in the morning sometime. And it's just it's awful. Yeah, it's I don't. Awful. I don't ever need to see them. All right, back after this with Lisa Desjardins, Steve Castamon, Tim Riley, and more. Stay there. Well, all right, then. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Is Richard just carrying on some long conversation with Lisa? It looks to be that way. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Staring at the phone line. Maybe he's uh, telling her about his heels. Uh-huh. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Coming up later on. Uh, let's see. We will uh, talk to senior radio correspondent Steve Castamount, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, Clergy Watch today, uh, Geek Watch. Uh, we'll play back this uh, this Kristen Bowie thing uh, that happened Friday on Lycus, and uh, we'll do uh, the top five. Today's top five. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. How are you today? Hey, your top fives are the best. They really are. I, uh, I like your top fives. They're pretty awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, uh, let's see. Um, hold on. Just one second here. Wait. Wait for it. Hey. Wait. 
Wait for it. Wait. All right. Okay. There you go. How's life? How are things? <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was waiting for. I just, no. I was looking because here's the thing. Because when they list the stories you're talking about, sometimes it's sort of a duplication of whatever, like uh, Juliana or Constantine yeah, or whoever's. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes right. it's not. So I, I usually try to compare one to the other. Like I look at your stories, and then I look at their stories, and then I see if there's anything interesting they're talking about they don't list for you, right, assuming right. you yeah. can probably talk about it. Right. All right, in any event. But that's not really, you know, the only thing, I'm just going to say this, the, the only thing they have, I, I think, Juliano or whoever it is today talking about that they don't list for you, it is Dick Juliano. I swear to God, it says Barack Obama and then blah, 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 slavery reparations. And, oh, if it's, yeah. really, and if it's all the same with you, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move on from that. We're not gonna spend yeah. any time discussing. That was, yeah, that was not. I, I, I can't, I can't speak. That's, that is a rare. That's a good example of a story that I, that, that Dick would talk to, and I, I can't talk to that story. Right, really, it is like it's uh, 1994 all over again. So we're gonna move forward. My story was pretty lame today too. So my, my story apparently so lame didn't even make uh, the prep sheet. No, no, no. Yours, was this the uh, the one sentence capital Christmas story? So lame. It's so lame. You know, because it's one of those, they really, we got to have something Monday morning. And a lot of times I'll see near the end of the day or the next, you know, for the next day that, that really n nobody else has put anything in. And I'm like, oh, I got it. They've got to come up with something. And there was nothing that we knew about Friday for today uh, except the, the Capitol Christmas tree. Now, if there's, let me, here's a dumb question. If there's no actual news stories happening, do you have to go, like, find one? I mean, um, I don't mean to belittle your job. I'm just saying a lot of times there's news, you know, you look around and, hey, that's happening, this and this. If there's nothing happening, do you have to sort of like woodward it and go out and find something? Yeah, I like to. And, you know, there's a lot of times where I'll have stuff in my back pocket, but a lot of that stuff has a lot of this. Like I keep a file of, of things that, I, you know, I can turn that are, you know, evergreen, as we like to say. But a lot of that stuff is election or political related, and it's all kind of dated now. So I'm. I'm a little behind, but yeah. So we've got. I tried. I tried to turn this Capitol Christmas tree story into some somehow into a hard news story. I actually did a version talking about how. I and it, it almost was legit talking about how uh, the Capitol Christmas tree is kind of overlapping with some touchstone issues uh, right right now. Because I felt so bad doing. I can tell from your tone of voice, you're really proud of this story. I am really. Oh, I was so when I put. It was probably the. Uh -huh. It may have been the worst Monday story. I, I mean, actually, the story itself turned out well, but I, you know, I don't like doing the mushy kicker stories, so I just. Ugh. You're afraid to love. That's your problem. Might Lisa. be it. Am I? <laughs> uh, let's see. I think I've actually got sound. Hold on. Let me see if I've got. I think. Let's see. Would this be sound? Uh, where the hell? Where the hell would this be? Sound. U.S. Obama. Capital Christmas, turkey bowling, no. Turkey bowling, no. And hold on, let's see. Capital. Oh boy. Hold on, Chris. This could be this could be very bad because there was one version that was just bad, and then there was one version where I tried to make it somehow have resonance for our time. Oh wait, here we go. Uh, let's see. Capital Christmas. I've got one that's 28, one that's 35. Which one should I play? Which one is better? Uh, well, they're both. That's, that's both long. That's a lot of time. All right, let's let's play the one that's 35, shall yeah, we? Yeah, that's the one where I was trying to make something of it. All right, I let's think. see. We're gonna uh, let's, see, let's oh see how much. Let's see. Um, it's an unknown file size. So <laughs> this is like a fully produced. Is this like a fully produced wraparound kind of a thing? Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's uh, let's see. It's 35 seconds. This should be downloaded here momentarily. I don't know what the MP3 rate this is encoded at. Let's see if oh, can okay. Turn my computer up over here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next sound you hear. Okay. Uh, it will be that of CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins talking about 
the capital Christmas. By the way, it's interesting to note that there. Uh, I would think the, the Christmas would have been PC'd out of your headlines by now. I thought oh, they would make you say holidays or some such. Starting today, the Capitol Christmas tree will stand in the shadow of the giant construction platforms for January's inauguration. The 70-foot Montana fir won't stand that long, but it does overlap with other issues and history. For the fourth year, we will be using LED lights on our tree in an effort to save energy. Spokesman Ava Malecki says that cuts energy usage 91%. Meantime, the citizens of Montana facing the slowing economy found ways to save money on the tree, rallying residents to make each of the tree's 5,000 ornaments by hand. Lisa Desjardins, CNN, Washington. Wow. Yeah. That that ought to go a on. lovely speaking voice, Lisa. <laughs> that really ought to go on your demo reel. I'm really... I'd put that on your master air check right now, and I would, uh, I would, send, I would, I would send it off to... Uh, I feel... I'd send that off to Les Moonves immediately. I feel really... Yeah. You have degrees and stuff, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, all right. That that, uh, that is what I produced for uh, this morning. Yeah. Hey, hey, here's a question. So did uh, wait? So did Obama unveil this uh, the guy who's going to be uh, running the Federal Reserve and is he in, like a, tre- a Treasury Secretary and all? Like, has he said who's going to be fixing this whole broken economy of ours yet? Yeah, Tim Geithner is uh, is kind of your you know top general, I guess. On the case, he'll be the Treasury Secretary, but he had four people behind him today, basically his top economic advisors. Tim Geithner will be one, another Larry Summers. He used to be president of Harvard. Uh, and then the other two, um, one is Christina Romer. She's a, a economics professor um, at Cal Berkeley, specializing in the Great Depression. And then uh, the other one is Melody, I believe it's Barnes, and she's going to be in charge of domestic policy. So, yeah, so in what he, kind of what he's doing here is he's – and it's fascinating to bring in his domestic policy chief at this point because what Obama is saying is he's setting up kind of like a WPA-type system where to save the economy, we are going to spend a ton domestically, and we are going to also uh, really, I guess uh, – have sweeping domestic programs uh, because of this in the, in the name of saving the economy, which, I mean, it's a very tricky, it, most people agree that, that more, much more still needs to be done uh, to keep the economy afloat. But, of course, our national debt is out of control. But Barack Obama is saying today, basically, I'm not going to worry about the debt right now. I can't. I'm going to worry about it later, which means it's going to be huge. But what? until then, can you I can't worry so... about jobs, which is the problem right now. It is sort of unnerving but assuring all at the same time that he is bringing in somebody whose specialty is, quote, the Great Depression. Right. Right. I mean, that's just a little freaky. That's just sort of dropping any pretense that things are not just a big disaster right now. Right, exactly. I mean, that's like bringing in, really, that's like bringing in somebody whose specialty is the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Who is this? Well, uh, he specializes in battling the living dead, believe it or not, because we think like his his skill set is going to be applicable to many of the current issues we are facing now as a people. Yeah, right. That's right. All right. Also, I mentioned this to cast him on the other day, but I'll tell you, too. He, what he really ought to do is, even it's just like a figurative, uh, sort of a symbolic advisor, uh, this guy rang in the stock exchange the other day. He really ought to bring in Gene Simmons to help out with the economy. I'm telling you right now, that is a guy who can make uh, a dollar out of 15 cents. No problem. By the end of the day, he'll probably come up with a whole bunch of money-making ideas. So I'm just... I also like the guy, uh, I don't know if you have this commercial there, but the guy who's always selling the book of government jobs or the book of government 
uh, ways you can make money from Is the that the guy who's dressed up like the Riddler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, guy. I dig him, man. That no, guy. Here's the thing you got to know is that we are big fans of infomercials. We're big it, fans of right. infomercials or sort of, even if they're not full-length infomercials, just commercials for bizarre products. Let me ask you, This is, and everybody in the audience is now screaming for me to do this, so I will. Have you seen... It's, I mean, it's an infomercial, but I get the feeling it's like a nine-hour, it's like a whole thing they block out. The knife guy. The knife guy? No, he sells, I've he, seen this. He, it's like this. It's sort of like the home shopping network, but it's like, I think it's on like the outdoor channel or something, but it, they basically take one of those sort of sports outdoor channels and they turn it into a home shopping channel for about nine hours, and all they do is sell knives, daggers, cutlery, swords <laughs> of all varieties. Wow. Oh no, it's the best thing ever because because he's just constantly going apoplectic. He's just uh, he, he I mean he has no middle gear. Everything the guy does is like you know at a 10. Let me see if I can find a little bit of audio here. Uh let's see. Wow. I think I'm okay, this is him and his female uh sidekick. Let's see if this is the audio I was looking for. The next sound you hear will be that of the knife guy. A broadsword, a three-piece dice show, high-end fixed blades. Forget all those. Even though those are You can get all that. And your wildlife. Forget all those. Look at the meat in the center Uh, Exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this one has taken it (laughs) to a level unseen in the past. How great is that guy? It's fantastic. He's talking, he's got, talking about a knife. I got, no, no, just not. At one point, I swear to Christ, at one point on this thing, they are selling 298 knives. Like, not individually, as like a collection. As a set? They are they're selling. Let's see if I've got him talking about the, the 298 knives. Uh, no, wow, like th- they're like socket wrenches or something. Yeah, seriously, and it, and they're selling 298 knives for, and it, he he does at one point note that it comes down to something like 98 cent each. I think <laughs> oh I think this is where he's selling all 298 knives, but then he's throwing in a Richard the Lionheart sword. Hold on. Up top, let's toss in Richard the Lionheart. The big broadsword, Richard the Lionheart. Now the sword itself is a two ninety nine value. The gold edition, Richard the Lionheart. I mean, done look at that coat of arms. I know, two ninety nine just for the sword tonight. It's ninety eight cents in the set. Now that will come with wall pike for display purposes, featuring a frost Absolutely. etch and the coat of arms going down the blade, beautifully done. And tonight you will get this item, a two hundred ninety nine dollar item, yeah. for two hundred eighty eight bucks, <laughs> and then get two hundred ninety four additional pieces to go along with it. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my God. You're going to get the sword and then 298 additional pieces. You're getting 299 knives. <laughs> if you need 299 knives, you need to turn yourself into the authorities, like now. Because it's just a matter of time till McCarthy has some story about you going into like a uh, an AMPM and like uh, cutting some guy up. I mean, it's things are going to end badly for you. Man, I'm totally imagining one of those craftsman tool keepers. Yeah. You just open one drawer and it's just knives, and you open the next drawer, knives. Uh, and and I do believe at one point they put this little sort of graphic on the screen that just says knives, knives, knives with an exclamation mark. So. There you go. So I'm big fans of that, and here's my current favorite infomercial. I don't even remember the name of the product. And I, oh, did you watch the Mr. T thing? 
I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, come on! I only sent it to you like a week ago, and I, I swear to God, somebody whose name rhymes with Desjardins sent me an email that ended with the phrase, all right, now I'm off to watch the Mr. T infomercial. Yes. I was, I know. Uh-huh. I haven't done it yet. I think Jason came home right then, and we had to go. Is this because of all the time you had to set aside to talk about the Christmas tree? <laughs> I know, I know. I know. It's it's terrible, the, my use of time in the last four days. Well, that's all right. You know what? I'm not even going to tell you about my new favorite infomercial then. Oh, it's okay. no. No, no, no. It would be wasted. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, well, you, I'll let you watch the Mr. T thing, which is amusing. So you, you watch that. Uh, let me know your thoughts. I got, I, because if you, I got, it, 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 when it comes to infomercials, I can just become an endless, just sort of babbling yes, yes. brook. So. All right, well, I'm going to watch it. I, I, I feel a little bit better because I just got an email saying that in nine minutes, something will make me happy. Oh, wait, no. I have to tell nine other people about it, though. Well, that counts if I'm telling you guys, right? Is that a chain letter of some I, kind? I think it, there might be seven people from, listening. Um, what well, happens if you don't tell nine other people? Do you get scabies? I don't know. Well, this is a, a woman from my church who sends out... Basically, it's the same stuff that everybody else gets, only with, like, like God and Jesus are involved. In nine minutes, something? That sounds a little uh, ominous. In nine minutes, yeah. It was originally sent to the first person at 132, but I just I just got my copy. Here's now. the thing. When, and look, no offense. When somebody from a church tells you, hey, guess what? In nine minutes, something really exciting is going to happen. <laughs> that's when you need to go uh, find yourself a safe room. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, we all know that's right. true, Lisa. Well, so, yeah, the U.S. Capitol, so I don't right. know. Well, if we don't talk again, uh, you, <laughs> all right, are you on tomorrow? I am. All right, well, then you really ought to set some time aside to watch the Mr. T infomercial. It'll make you smile. Maybe in the next seven minutes. Uh, all right. It is only six minutes long, so you could do it. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Forget all that. Oh, can we listen to a little bit more of this? Yes. Hey, so yesterday the coolest tombstones are the are the woodsman ones. Have you ever seen those? Uh, I don't think so. They're shaped like a, a tree stump, and they look like a tree stump, but they're made out of like sandstone or something. And so they're carved to look exactly like a tree stump. It says like here lies a woodsman um, cool. who served his country or whatever. But what's weird is that you look at all the tombstones all around it, and there's no moss or anything growing on any of them. But on the tree stump ones, there's moss growing on them. No, it looks ridiculous though, because it looks like a real tree, and it looks like there's you know something growing on it, but it's just sandstone, just like you know the rest of the older tombs. Oh, that's a little freaky. Yeah. Hi, you're on the. Oh, sorry, I guess I should actually hit the button. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. You know what you do with 299 knives? What? You get yourself a booth at a gun show, and then you sell them for like three bucks a piece, and then you make yourself a killing. Because you're. So to speak. <laughs> All right. What? What? All right. Thank you. All right, bye. All right, there you go. Forget all that. All right, uh, let's see. We've got... Uh, where did my knife sound go? How about this one? The cheese, the knives, they'll all come in this handy-dandy red toolbox that you see behind it. Great setup. What about a case of the Navy SEALs going into this deal with the Eagle Eye inset vented blade lockback design? You also will get in our mix. Check this out. The Barracuda Stealth Fighter will be included by the dozen. Over to the side of that, we have our executive wildlife series going into our mix. These are easily 16 18 bucks in most retail stores, 98 cents tonight. It's no wonder dealers worldwide have hooked up on our warehouse liquidation. I love that guy. And it, it is like his mouth sounds... There's something weird about the way he, he forms his syllables. Like it's all happening right back in the sort of glottal area. It's all on the back. He sounds like some sort of redneck Swedish chef. 
All right, we'll play one more, and then we'll take a break. Come back with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. It's the last day. We'll do this one here. Rarely do we offer a three-piece dice show and a broadsword and four fixed plates. You know, this set has it all. Mm, oh, the yeah. out there, that's a new item we've tossed in the deal. I can't. I cannot believe that at this point in time that folks how many okay i got three dozen sets left if you want them it's time to dial right now your last chance to own the deal of the millennium the deal of 08 hey probably the deal of the year to come too the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. And so forth. Uh, coming up later on, Senior Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, let's see. We've also got today's top five. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Uh, we'll get to Clergy Watch, Geek Watch. Uh, we'll uh, play back some of this uh, Like Us audio from Friday that has our own uh, Kristen Bowie on it. And... Uh, are we going to do that this hour? I don't know. Well, we'll do it at some point. Probably not okay. this hour. But then we got to talk about Richie Bristol, whose name You're is... You're chilling with this. I really, really I haven't her. heard it either. So maybe we can call her. We'll call her later this hour, though, and, and get her uh, get her background on it before we play it. Get the, the, the sort of underpinning of the story. And see how the state of affairs is with them. Yeah, and I really all I know like... about it is what I told you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that her boyfriend apparently called Lycus. And I, I think called, like, like, tried to sort of pass himself off as somebody else. Because I think maybe he wanted to give her, like, a shout-out or something on the air. But, of course, Lycus immediately... You know, Lycus can just smell that stuff, though. Oh, yeah. And he's just... Oh, he's a very smart man. He might be a lot of things, but he's also very smart. So I think it was, like, waves of horror where the boyfriend called in. Lycus found out. Kristen undoubtedly was sitting here running the board, uh, recognizing his voice. Then Lycus caught the guy, called him out. Then they hung up on him. Then I think the phone rang here, and it was Dean, Lycus's call screener. Then they wanted How did Kristen they figure out the that show. it was her boyfriend? Because I think he said something. I think the boyfriend said something. I think he was his whole thing was to give Kristen like a shout out. So it's all very his intentions were nice. Sure. Let's just say that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Man. So it's one of those short holiday weeks, and there's crazy in the air. Lots of shooting stories for some reason. Well, let's start with the guy with the swords, who has an Oregon connection, who was killed in the heart of Hollywood. Police say surveillance tape at the Church of Scientology's Celebrity Center in Hollywood backs the guard's contention that he was acting in self-defense. A security guard at the Church of Scientology's Celebrity Center in Hollywood Shot and killed a guy waving two samurai swords. Up top, let's toss in Richard the Lionheart. I'm sorry, too soon? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, Please detain the guard for questioning, but the surveillance tape shows that he fired his semi-automatic handgun. That's a semi-automatic handgun to protect himself and his two colleagues. Uh, the man had a history with the church and is not a member now. The tape shows the man arriving at the celebrity set of Bronson Avenue parking lot in a red convertible, as you should rent when you're when you're touring L.A. Go out in style, Tim. He got out of the vehicle, approached the trio of security guards, r- waving a sword in each hand. 
<laughs> I like, and I like the phrase waving too because it indicates that it was sort of a jaunty like, hello there. Uh, so this fellow is from Florence, Oregon, described being in his 40s, close enough to hurt them when the guard fired. Well, that's great. Pronounced dead. So he was a member of this uh, church a long, long time ago. There was a previous relationship, but it's unclear to what degree. So he just so he just showed up waving the swords, which again is sort of uh, it's almost like a greeting, right? Like some uh, sort of a like a blade covered salutation. So Good he, to see you. He, he stops the car abruptly in the driveway, climbs out with a five foot sword in a hand and an angry expression on his face. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so the man was bald and had tattoos on his arms. Mark toured the building, then returned to the car to get the second sword. Well, he realized he has two. Like sort of a... Now, it seems like I'm forgetting something. Did I leave the eye or not? No. Uh, second sword. Second right. sword. Okay. So, uh, Taurus, uh, as Hollywood is known to have, uh, thought it was part of a show. <laughs> it was quickly determined it was not. No. No. That blood certainly looks real, doesn't it? Watch him twitch. They can do anything with animatronics. So uh, he's dead. He's dead. But he went out in style. He went to Hollywood. So he had Hollywood a Babylon. Did you say a red convertible? A red convertible. Red, and he's from Portland? No, he's from Florence. From Florence. Now, why did we think he was from Portland earlier? People always say from Portland when they describe Oregon. All right. They think it's a, Portland's the only place in Oregon. Well, it is. Tim Siders are. Uh, so it's a red convertible, one sword in each hand, rushing George. Was this a celebrity centra? Yes, it is. All right. So there you go. And so, and so in other news. So the guys at the Scientology Celebrity Center are armed with what? Semi-automatic weapons? Yeah. Duly and noted. who could blame them? So, I was just going to say, note to self, you guys, and the guy Fox masks, uh, I'd not be effing with them too much if I were you. Yeah, uh, I remember working security in Hollywood long ago, and there were no weapons involved, but yeah. finally they got smart. Oh, yeah, they'll kill you. All right, well. I always kept a bat in my car just in case I needed it. Did he rent the car? More than likely, because every time you go there, they try to pawn off this... Red convertible and well, any tourist. Sir, you are in Hollywood. Don't you want to drive exactly. as the stars do? No, I want the Chevy Cobalt for $13. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to talk me out of it. Hey, I, you know, the Chevy Cobalt, is, I, I drove one of those the last time I was in, uh, no, two trips ago, I drove uh, a Chevy Cobalt. It's a fine car. It is. I loved it. It's a fine, you know what? It's small. It screams uh, tourist. Economic. You know, got decent gas mileage. So, of course, you never see them anywhere on the road except for people who are renting them. Yep. So, you know what? If they made more of those, Tim, uh, we might not be in such dire financial straits in the automotive world. And for 13 bucks, you can't beat it. Plus, no. they threw in the GPS. See, okay, now that's what you were talking about earlier. You were talking about how you're now, are you finally going to buy a GPS? I did. I ordered one today. Uh, may I ask what kind? I will tell you. After doing a lot of research, I have settled on the Navigon 2100 GPS. Navigon? I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Well, I read various reviews. And it is the most for the right price because what I was looking for was one that speaks the street names. Oh, so it says, like, coming up, Fifth and Lumb Pine. Lombard. Yeah. All right. I'm driving through St. John's. I don't know where I am. No, that's true. Okay, so you know, mine doesn't have that. Mine will talk like Eddie Izzard uh, if you wanted to. So, uh, it's you know, I got that going for me. But um, yeah, so that's what I was looking for, baby. That GPS is fantastic. I would say right now the three greatest consumer items I have ever purchased. A, the TiVo. B, my MP3 player, and this is the current one that I have, my Creative Zen, uh, which is just a glorious, magical device. And then thirdly, the GPS. And I got a different one. I got the TomTom. -Tom. Uh, and again, I, well, I was going to get that one, but well, I started going on eBay, and I got beaten every time at the last minute. Really? So finally, it's okay. Some of these eBay dealers have stores. Yeah. So this was a buy it now. Oh yeah, see the buy it now. We were talking about this last week. Screw it. I never auction. I never bid on anything. It's fun for a while, but then after you're beaten too many times, it just crushes your will to live. You're still talking about eBay, right? Yes. Okay. Just one can never really be sure. Um, yeah, that TomTom, -Tom, and again, it's, you know, I'm not going to say they're all the same, but I mean, a GPS, you know, does what a GPS does. It is so great. 
It, and and you know, Laura got it for me for Christmas a few years ago, and again, we're early adopters, so it was kind of the, one of the bigger ones. You know, it's not huge, but it's uh, you know not as small as they are now. It's big enough for thieves to see. And, you know, the great thing about it is, yeah, but it's, but, but also the great thing about the TomTom that I have is that, see, I would never get a car that had the GPS built in. This is, that's not my, I would never want that. Is that because what Mrs. Reynolds has? She does, and I mean, which... You know, which I guess is okay. Uh, but she's got another one of those cars that makes me feel poor because it's got, like, instead of rearview mirrors, it's got, like, it's got, like, monitors. It's got TV screens and the dashboard that just show what's happening behind you. So, you know, and I'm in that car and I just feel like a loser. So, Are but... you serious or are you exaggerating? Tim's been in the car. He's seen it. Yeah. yeah. It has pictures of what's going on behind her? Not just because it's a, it's a watercolor. No, it's like cameras. There are cameras on the back of the car. Oh, that would be so distracting. I don't think it could handle that. Yeah, no, it's like it's when you're backing up, it just shows everything behind you. Um... But she's got a GPS that's built into the dashboard of her uh, of her car, and the two reasons I wouldn't have that. One, I want to be able to take the GPS with me everywhere. Yeah. I get, it doesn't matter where Laura, we go to San Diego, we go to Utah, bam, that thing just goes in the suitcase, and everywhere we go, rental car, mother-in-law's car, right into the dashboard, t- and it's good for the whole country. Yeah. You turn it on, and it takes about 30 seconds to figure out where you are, and then it, it figures out that you're in Provo, Utah. And it says sorry, and then it and then it takes you to like wherever, and you can search by business. You can I mean I'm not trying to plug for it, but I mean you can search by like you know find me coffee, and it'll find you coffee. So the nearest coffee is half a mile away. Godspeed, and then you drive away. Uh, secondly, the thing about you know what sucks about having a GPS built into the dashboard of your car is that you can't work it while you're driving. You got to come to a complete stop. That's that's the other reason I wouldn't want one because Bruce Agler has another one it's built into the dashboard of his car. And if you're trying to change destinations, you have to come to a complete stop before you can type anything in. Whereas the standalone one, which is what you're getting and what I have, doesn't matter, man. I can be I can be going 100 miles an hour with my eyes closed and I can still be working the GPS. It doesn't care if I'm already speeding or not. Yeah, because I really, like, I was in those snake, you know how Mulholland Drive is? Yes. I was looking for one of those little off-roads. Yeah. You go to one of those private estates, and if you're looking for it, looking for it, you can drive off the side of a cliff on Mulholland Drive. Totally, totally. Yeah, so that, and that GPS I have has never, it's only steered me wrong, like, once, where it tried to take me down a road that I think had recently become a one-way road. But I've never, you know, but I've never had any of those weird things where it's like, it tried to drive me into the ocean. I've never had any of those issues at all. And it talks in a pleasing Australian accent. So, well, well done. So I'm glad Bruce's you car has a sultry lady's voice. Uh, ours, you can't pick a sultry lady. You can pick, a like, an angry-sounding Chinese woman, though. Well, that's you, sounds... you know, sort of like, one mile! You know, she's... And then she threatens to, to have your family liquidated if you miss the turn again. Is one of the choices a knife guy? No. <gasps> Just an idea. Oh, man. Really a perfect gold. Christmas gift. Oh, man. How great would that be? That would be great. They're coming up, you're going to want to turn left. <laughs> you will have the option to get gas. Oh, that is so great. You bet. And it's only Monday. <laughs> oh, man, I totally want that. Because, you know, the TomTom the that I have, you know, they, they sell customized voices. You can have um, Eddie Izzard. You can have... John Cleese. I'm surprised you didn't pick Eddie Izzard. He eh. has a pleasant voice. Yeah, I keep meaning to, and then I never do. You can get John Cleese. I think they were trying to work with Shatner at one point. They wanted Shatner to do it, raise, you know, like, uh, you know, where he does like a sort of not engage. <laughs> Part of me who says, you know, like, full speed ahead. You know, you can turn left in one and a half miles. Um, I would totally have the knife guy. This is see, this is where like gas could be making some money. Gas could be doing Sam Kinison, you know. You know, and like every when you miss the you turn, you know, you miss the car, 
jackass! You know, and then he screams. Oh, like, this is stressful enough if you're lost. You want to have some jackass screaming at you. But the, like, the, <laughs> like but, some Gilbert Gottfried guy. Oh, but, but, the turn. but I mean, that knife guy would be, the knife guy would be wonderful. The knife guy's totally soothing. He's the, he's the proper combo. Yeah. Obnoxious and... Radness. No, and he would be, you know, like, you're nearly at your destination. Are you sure you have everything you need? Oh, I'm going to write to the Tom Tom people about that, like, today. Brilliant idea for your product. Must use. All right. By the way, the Navagon, this guy says, didn't he battle Godzilla once? And by the way, Tim, why would you... Why would you buy a GPS with the word gone in the product name? That is true. Maybe it's Navagone. Navagone, like Force 10 from Navagone? Yes. All right, here's Tim Riley. Now back to more shooting stories. And there are tons of them today. You're wrong. It's the holiday season. But it's not the holiday's fault for this one. You see, Henry still loves his dog, even though the dog shot his 23-year-old son over the weekend. Uh, Matthew was standing in Tillamook Bay at the start of duck hunting when the dog jumped into the boat, setting off a 12-gauge shotgun. The safety was on at the time, but the dog must have knocked it to the opposition. So if a dog can do it, what can a child do, really? The blast blew a hole in the aluminum boat before hitting Markham, who's recovering from injuries to his legs and posterior. Posterior! At Emmanuel. Wait, his, it hit him where, Tim? Right in the posterior. Right across his posterior. Excellent. So he's in the boat with a dog and a gun? Yeah, it's duck hunting season. The dog is jumping around, lands on the trigger Knocks of the gun. The safety. Really? Yeah. That's... So oh. if the dog can figure that out. Are we sure it was an accident? I'm just saying. Well, a Labrador is a smart dog. I it's know. a duck hunting dog. I, you know, this is uh, this is sort of like when that mar you know the Nintendo game goes all wrong, and the, you know the dog gets tired of you trying to shoot it, and you know grabs the gun from you. All right. So uh, the dad's not angry with the dog, but we haven't heard from the victim yet. No. The dad right. said the Labrador named Drake is a good dog. Good dog there, Drake. And the shooting is just one of those things. Hey, this guy has a good point. Have you ever tried turning the GPS on while you're on a plane? I think that'd be fantastic. He said it'd be cool to check at the 500 mile an hour readout while flying. He says, of course, it may mess with the plane and the pilots will bind and gag you. But hey, cool, I'm totally doing that when I fly to Provo. I'm going to turn my planes, G- uh, Some of your lives have that on the screen. I'm going to turn on. Uh, I'm totally going to turn the GPS on uh, the next when I'm flying to Utah. And just see what happens. Let's see. Hey, by the way, you know you can get on. Uh, apparently, I can get Mr. T on my Tom Tom though. Let's see if I can get this to. Um, see if I can get this to open. Maybe there's like demo audio of this. Let's see here. Sweet Lord, that would be wonderful. Uh, let's see. Mr. T, Mr. T. Yeah, the Tom Tom, you know, the thing about the Tom Tom is it came with like some bad, funny kind of voices for a while where one was like, you know, New York cab driver, which is like a thing nobody wants. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, you, you appear to have missed your turn. Was that what you wanted to turn? You didn't turn there. Let's see. Wait, hold on. We could do a whole thing here. Other celebrity voices I'd like to have in my Tom Tom. Um, wait, wait. Seems like there should be many. Well, now I've got none. Wait. Ooh, you know what they should have? They should have a voice for your tom-tom that is like, uh, it's like 80s metal, like 80s rock guy. You know what I mean? See, all yours are so aggressive. That wouldn't, like, stress me out. Coming up, you will take a left very shortly. What about Angela Lansbury? She'd be very soothing. Is that where she, is that where she just. She'd be very soothing. Is that where, like, at some point the tom-tom just tells you to kill? No, as Jessica Fletcher. Oh, I was thinking of, like, Manchurian Candidate. Oh, I still haven't seen that. At a certain point, the Tom Tom just tells you to... The Tom Tom just tells you to assassinate somebody. Never mind, we're thinking of two different things. Jessica Fletcher, really? Well, first of all, Angela Lansbury's got to be dead or close to it. No, she's still alive. She's a Broadway show. Right now? Yes, right now. I love her. She's vivacious. Uh Are you saying she still has her faculties? She does. 
But I loved her as the voice of Mrs. Potts in I'm, Beauty and the Beast. I'm sort of I'm sort of skeptical. Uh, She's in a Broadway show singing. All right, because you know I think about because I think about her sometimes, and I think about how you, you don't really ever see her. But I guess it's maybe because I didn't know uh, you know I didn't know she was on Broadway. Uh-huh. All right, and you're saying she still got it together. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We're, We're going to do, do one more. Who else could the could the GPS talk like? That'd be great. Andy Rooney, maybe, or um, hmm. See, but it seems like a thing. There ought to be a lot of these we can come up with, and I've got nothing. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. No. Henry Rollins has a good speaking voice. Maybe, maybe. Well, I think you're thinking of Kitchen. I'm just thinking of good voices. I'm not even just thinking of Kitchen. I mean, it's like, what celebrity would you want to sort of, uh, you know, accompany you? Like they could have, if he wasn't dead, they could have the Joker do it. That'd be, you know, if Ledger was still alive. I guess they could have Mark Hamill do it. Ooh, they ought to have one of the Star Wars guys do it. C-3PO. They should totally have C-3PO. Uh, and but it would be C-3PO and R2-D2, and you know R2-D2 would be like, you know, the beeping, and then C-3PO, C-3PO would go, you know, by God, that's right. There is a petrol station on the right. Ah, whatever. All right, it's Tim Riley. All right, so she's 83, and she is, and she is dancing. I'm saying C-3PO could tell you there's a petrol station coming up, and that'd be funny. All right, here's Tim Riley. And now back to more shooting stories. Okay. Police responded to reports of gunfire in Southeast found a man's body in an apartment yesterday. He was in his late 20s, early 30s. The autopsy is scheduled for today. The body was found in an apartment in the 15,800 block of Southeast Stark. The shots reported around 3 a.m. The man was not a resident of the apartment or the complex. The complex manager said the female tenant who lives in the man's body was found has been a source of problems. She lives in the apartment with two children. Police did not say if the woman or children were in the apartment at the time. This is where? Southeast. Uh, what what part of Southeast? Uh, one five eight zero zero Southeast Dark. Uh, well, it's to, always up in those areas. To no one's surprise. Mm-hmm. Wait, you know that's actually uh, I shouldn't say where. That's actually very close to uh, the home of someone we know. Someone we know. What is the address again? I won't say who this person yes. is. But what is the address? The address is one five eight zero zero Southeast Dark in that block. And there's a what was it killing? Killing. And it was the woman or a guy who was there? Uh, in a woman's apartment, but there's the dead guy. A dead guy. And the woman apparently is a lot of trouble, according to yeah, neighbors. She's a continuing source of trouble. Uh, you know who lives like like a block from there? Oh, huh? really? Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, there you go. Um, Richie, what am, I, uh, what am I to do with all these phone calls? Are these to be answered, ignored, some variation of the above? Please advise. Now I'm saying everything like my uh, GPS. Whose name is Ken. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Here's the story of another shooting. This one at a motel in Southeast. Uh, one man is injured. It happened in the morning. It happened at the Del Rancho Motel. <laughs> During one of those romance weekends. That's not, I was just going to say, get away with Del Rancho. This is in the 7600 block of Southeast 82nd. When officers arrived, they found 47-year-old Larry Thomas Myler Jr. was shot in the leg. He has a non-life-threatening injury. Mm. He got in a fight with two men who had knocked on his motel room door. Don't answer the door. Uh, by the way, so some, uh, Rick, the Tom Thomas should speak like Morgan Freeman as the voice. Like, you know, you either get busy turning or get busy dying. No, that's a, that's a dumb idea, sir. Uh, all right, so I'm at the Tom Tom page here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, where the hell did it go? Here we go. Uh, Tom Tom voices, highlights, fun voices. Let's see. Well, where's it? Why is it not giving me? I wonder if this is because I'm in the in 
Firefox. This is one of those like weird things that's uh, it's opting not to give me the full page. Well, damn it, now i got to... Uh, oh, maybe it's United Kingdom. Wait, hold on. United States. In the United Kingdom, I think the only choice is John Cleese. I think that's it. That's the only thing you can get there. They ought to be able to, you ought to be able to get, like, Winston Churchill or somebody. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Let's see. Voices. Read more. All right. Uh, this is purportedly where I can sign it to have Mr. T be the voice of my... Uh... Now, did it let you hear the voices? Do you know what the voices sound like? I do not, no. So, so you have no idea if it's going to be customizable or whatever? No, I still don't know. You know, the weird thing is, and if it's like... It, 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 here's the other thing about the GPS. If, you get, if it's anything like mine, um, is that you can actually... You can sort of use it as like a little language learning assistance thing because you can actually make hey, it. Hey, thanks for riding with Mr. T. I'm in this little box. It's hot in here. And that makes me mad. Don't be a fool. You know I've been around. You got to pay attention to me. When I tell you something, you're supposed to follow it to the T. To the T, fool. Not to the end. To the T. That's Mr. T's law. You pay attention to me, you will get there safe. Wow. That oh just started talking. God. Everybody fed your seatbelt and act nice. Now get going. First, I thought it was me. <laughs> Jesus, God. That just started coming out of the screen at me. I think I'm going to opt to not have... Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to get the full list of voices. Here are the voices I can have you for my thumb thumb. Them so we can, pick out, we can each pick one of ours. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll do that during the break. Uh, let's see here. Um, I've got the... Your, your GPS... Okay, whose voice is this? Let's see if I can get this to... Uh, see if I can get this to play. See if I can get, see if I can get a, a sample of this. Uh, see, this one doesn't. This doesn't want to do a. Oh wait, here we go. Let's see if I can get this to talk. So this is a sample voice from the from the Tom Tom page, and then, sir, there's one here that you'll find especially interesting. Okay. All right, I'm waiting to see if this voice will play. So you're but you're you're gonna have to wait till your Tom Tom arrives, Tim, and then find out. Yeah. You know we should totally sell. We should sell like a customizable uh, sort of GPS thing, like a Tim Tim, where it's like someone can load that in. <laughs> someone can load that into their GPS. Come on, what do you? Wouldn't that be great? That's that genius. Great. All right, this one doesn't want to. This one doesn't want to play for some reason. All right, well, I guess I'll have to get back to it. Dur during the break. I'll send you guys uh, the link to this uh, to the TomTom Tom page here, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, I was thinking for the watches for your TomTom, Tom, either Sarah Palin or Vincent Price. Vincent Price, if he wasn't dead, but I mean, you could get a guy to do that. You well, could, yeah. Yeah, you could get a guy to, to sort of do a voice like Vincent Price. I might be interested in that. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Best uh, show ever. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I got the greatest voice ever for you, Tom Tom. Okay. Got to be Pee Wee Herman. See, and that guy needs money right now, and he's a marketable brand, and Gen Xers have money uh, to spend disposable income, so they are now the perfect target audience for that. That's not a bad idea at all. Genius. All right. <laughs> thank you. Yep. All right, we're not going to get bogged down in this. We'll do this one bank of calls, and then we're going to have to move on. Otherwise, it's going to take over the whole show. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's Ben. Hey. Hey, I got an answer for your uh, GPS on a plane. Yes. Uh, I actually have done this about three times, uh, and I believe that they have GPS jammers or something like that within the fuselage because all the times that I've tried to do it, uh, it doesn't come up with any data points. So that's that's pretty great, though. They've jammed it. Which they must, which much indicate that they think it's bad somehow, and yet you're actually sort of proving the point by repeatedly trying to turn it on. It's strange they wouldn't have a cell phone jammer then. I mean, that yeah. sort of, you know, goes back to my oft-stated point that that cell phone thing, that ban on the cell phone plane is just garbage. It's crap. Because otherwise, because those cell phone jammers are like 100 bucks. You can buy one online. 
You know, you can buy one for like a hundred dollars. You can buy a thing online to jam cell phones, and they don't even bother to do it on planes, which indicates that they don't take it all that seriously. Yeah, huh. I did. It on, I did it on the way down to Mexico, and you know, just out of my own curio- curiosity. But I suppose it's good because they don't want you like launching like nuclear missiles at planes. Well, uh, I suppose. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, higher on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey there. Hey, hey, oh, oh, come on now. It's not that bad. Yeah, you, know, you just um, have a you have a very pronounced voice, sir. It has a lot of resonance to it. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, I had an idea for uh, a GPS voice. How about Tim? Tim Riley. Tim Riley. That's a great idea. I wish I'd thought of that. You have reached your destination. That's the kind of sugar Papa likes. It'd be perfect. You bet. I'd be willing to do that for the right price. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll partner with a company uh, this fall to get that done, sir. Thank you. All right. This guy says, how about James Earl Jones? See, there you go. See, the possibilities really are limitless. All right. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley. And now back to more shooting stories. <laughs> of course. In Southeast. <laughs> no, this is Tigrid. And the shooting that didn't happen. The clerk at a Tigrid cell phone store came face-to-face with a gunman. He tried to hold up the Cricket Wireless store in the 12,000 block of Highway 99. You mean Cricket Wireless, one of our fine sponsors? Yes, that's right. All right. And he would not give up any of these cricket phones. The clerk said the man held a gun to his head and demanded cash, but the clerk called his bluff. Excellent. And the attempted robber ran off. Good for him. Jesus Morgas said he held his ground despite having a silver handgun pointed at him. He told the man he didn't have any access to the store's cash. The gunman became frustrated and left. Not going to take any guff. A few days earlier, and less than a half mile away, the armed robber tried to hold up a Taco Bell, but left empty-handed as well. Police have released a sketch of one of the robbers who's found as Hispanic and in his early 20s. Then we have the Beaverton man who uh, slammed into a granite monument, ending his high-speed chase. He's uh, 28 years old in critical condition after his car slammed into a granite monument at an estimated speed of more than 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, on, well, okay, go ahead. The Honda... Is he was, dead? No, but oh. the Honda was cut in half. And the monument on West Burnside sustained a little damage. Now, what, where? I don't know where West Burnside is. and where? Sarah, where's a granite monument on Burnside? That's not the roundabout thing. No, that's the roundabout's the... on Gleason. Yeah. Well, this is this is West Burnside. Please tell me. Oh, West Burnside. Mm. Please tell me it was a monument to like somebody else who was already killed on the on the road. Oh, that would be interesting. That'd be very fitting. Mm-hmm. All right. This guy says that really there needs to be a Yoda Tom Tom voice. That would be good. At your destination, you have arrived. All right. Uh, let's see. Do we have any anything else here that's uh? Anything else that's interesting? No. All right. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, this is Spencer. Hey, I just had an idea about, um, I, I just, what, uh, I was actually in Death Valley with my GPS. Yes. At one point where it goes um, below sea level, it actually crashed my GPS because it didn't know what the hell to do with a negative number. Oh, because it was, wait a minute. When you say it was below sea level. Yes. When you're in Death Valley down in California. Right. Yeah. There's a point where it's actually below, you know, it's like negative 10 feet or something like that. See, and I don't think my GPS even, like, that's an altitude thing, which I guess my GPS doesn't even really register. So. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really strange, though, because it started to, it, as soon as you hit below, it just it freaked out. And it said it was at 10,000 feet, and then it was at 1,000 feet, and then it just stopped responding. So your GPS actually has, like, a, like an altimeter on it. Well, yeah, because it, 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 when it, it's calculating your location, it also, you know, it uses... Was it if it gets like three or four satellites that it can actually tell you how high you are? That's pretty weird. All right, okay, but it, but it started to sort of freak out a little bit there. Yes. All right. Sorry. So, and by the way, it's good to know that the one place the GPS won't be able to help you navigate successfully out of is in fact Death Valley. Yes, isn't that nice? Right. It was very comforting. All right, excellent. Thank you. 
Right. By the way, so if, you, so if you ever are in a place where you desperately need to get out and go home, it's not going to be of any help at all. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. Get caught up here. The Duchess of York is coming to Salem. Tickets go on sale December 1st. This is going to be some competition for Richie, I bet. Tickets go on sale December 1st. But she will not be in Salem until, oh, April 3rd. Is the Duchess of York like a band or something? No, it's it's uh, Fergie. Sarah Ferguson? Okay, I'm going to plead ignorance here. I'm not a very, I'm not a, I'm not a learned she is, man. She is married to one of the princes. Where is York? York is, I know, you're thinking of York Pepper and Patties, aren't you? But York is in England. No, I was, I was thinking of New York. Uh, but then, okay, so York, is that like a city in England? Is it? I believe so. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, so I don't know how the royals operate. So there's the king and the queen, but the king's dead, right? No king. Okay, so there's the queen, there's Prince Charles, and there was Lady Diana, Princess Diana. And there are two other princes that Charles' brothers with. Now, see, why do you never hear about them? Who are the other princes? Uh, There's Edward. Prince Edward? Wait, no, is that one of his kids? No, no, that's Charles' youngest, youngest brother. You know who Prince Edward is. You've seen him. He's like old... British man. I don't know who's the other. Why do you never hear? Why is Prince Charles the only one you ever hear about? Well, because the Pepperazzi love him. But, I mean, is there some reason? Like, is he? Who's going to become? It'll be Charles. So when, when, the, when the Queen Mother dies, one of them becomes king? Yes. And is that Prince Charles? Yes. Now, is that because he's the oldest? Yes. Okay. So he's got younger brothers who are also princes. That's correct. All right. So who is Fergie? She was married to his brother. Okay, so she was Charles's sister-in-law Correct. at one point. Now, are they divorced? Yes. But she still gets to be a princess? I guess so. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, she, she was working for Weight Watchers for a while. Are you kidding I me? I remember. Yeah. I don't remember. That doesn't seem like a thing they let princesses do. That seems really. That seems like it. That seems well, like it would come out of some kooky film. Yes, you've seen him. That's Prince Edward. Yeah, I've never seen him. He looks like really. Bill, looks like Bill Pullman without hair, though. Um, it looks a lot like Prince William without hair. I have no, I had no idea there were other princes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the royals mean like less than nothing to me. So I did. I mean, the only reason I knew Prince Charles is because he's sort of, you know, he pop culture and whatever. So, so you get to divorce a prince, but you get to remain a princess. Right. And and you got to, and she was shilling for Weight Watchers. Uh huh. Doesn't that seem like it would be in some terrible film, like in some bad kooky comedy about like the princess has fallen on hard times, and then they would show her like. You know, on TV, like selling, like advertising for long distance services or something. Mm-hmm. All right, well, whatever. So she's coming here. Why? It doesn't say. Just to speak, I guess. Just to hang out. She's going to be in Salem. What more reason does she have? She's coming to Salem? Oh, this is the fundraiser for a group that, that uh, supports low income health care. She's a philanthropist, and she works for the benefit of children, according to her people. All right, well, whatever. All right, so she's coming, if you care about that sort of thing. Uh, let's take a break. Back after this, more from Tim Riley coming up later on. Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Clergy Watch, Geek Watch, top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We return momentarily. All of his things ablaze. If it hasn't happened already. And then he'll be looking up in the window going, what? What did I do? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sarah was asking me if I think that uh, Timmy Ryan's girlfriend will murder him someday. And I said, no, but she will set all his things on fire. And I'm not even speculating or guessing or hypothesizing. That's just going to happen. That's just, that's, uh, that's well, she's already taking the first step of, like, throwing all the stuff into the front yard. Totally. One time. No, he's going to come home from a bar someday, and he'll be out there playing, like, steel guitar till four in the morning. 
He'll stagger home drunkenly, reeking of, you know, whatever, filth. And just all of his stuff will be in the front lawn, just on fire. And he will totally be looking at the door going, come on! What? Have you heard from him? Did we know if he made it to... Last time I heard from Timmy Ryan, he was in Kennewick for some reason. <laughs> Which is nowhere, by the way, between here and Nashville. So I don't know what the hell that was about. Anyway. Um, maybe that's a bad GPS. Maybe. He's... Uh... So he's the uh, so he was on his way from here to, to Tennessee, but I, I I don't know he was taking taking some sort of a dog leg through like Washington for reasons unknown to me. Anyway, see I got to update that promo though, so it's uh, the update to say no more Timmy Bowling, Ryan. Adam Thompson. He's under greener pastures, although you still are his number one friend on the space. He's still who's what? You're still his number one friend. That's that's as it so should be. All right, because he knows I can reach out and crush him anywhere. Uh, the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. So one of the hosts of Hannity and Combs is leaving. Is it uh, Combs? Combs. Nah. He wants to leave and move on after 12 years of being on Hannity and Combs. What a weird-looking bastard he is. He's got one eye that's all wonky. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he'll turn the other way on his new program. Uh, but it doesn't say what he's going to do. The uh, what, what do you mean? What is he going to do? What are his? I mean, wh- oh, he's going to. He, he still has a radio show, apparently. Really? Like everybody else does. Does anybody ever listen to Alan? Combs? Have you ever heard Alan Combs' radio show? Neither have I heard Lou Dobbs' radio show. He does a he does a daily radio show somewhere. Where? I mean, I hear him mention it on CNN. Is it on a network of some kind? I guess so. Is this just a radio show in Lou Dobbs' head? Fourth tier talk show. Does he does he sit behind a card table somewhere with a microphone plugged into nothing, just like Yoko's keyboard? Uh, and they just go, no, 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 you're. No, oh, you're being heard by thousands. Keep talking. And then they just go back to doing the jumble and the day's paper. I used to listen to Alan Combs' talk show like uh, back when you could do this sort of a thing. When I was a, a younger man, uh, you used to – we carry a lot of programming off satellite, and that's always been the case. And the way it is now, when you dial up a satellite – a program that is being delivered via satellite, whether it's like uh, – and I don't mean being delivered via satellite like – like something on Sirius or XM or some crap, uh, you know, where it's like a, like a satellite radio. I mean, a program that is being delivered to real radio stations using satellite technology, such as Tom Likas comes to us live from L.A. over satellite. Dennis Miller comes from Santa Barbara, satellite. Um, you know, Michael Mara comes from uh, D.C. via satellite. So you used to be able to, back in the day, uh, you know, you're going to be listening to some uh, show or you're airing some program, recording some program. You could dial up other shows just on this sort of weird bank of knobs and numbers and dials and little levers and switches and so forth, you could just sit there and not unlike, it was sort of like using a really crude television dial. And you could just sort of flip around and see whatever else was out there, and you could listen to it in queue, which is basically like, like listening to it in a little monitor speaker that's not going off the air, uh, going over the air. And so you could just sit there and listen to, you know, Howard or just, you know, whatever, you know, Rush or just other shows that were sort of floating around on the satellite uh, band. And... One of those shows was Alan Combs at one point. I was sitting there, this is when I was like maybe 18, and I was taping the Dr. Joy Brown show, followed by the Dolans, just sitting there in this dungeon studio, recording these, God love Joy Brown, recording these unbelievably tedious programs onto huge reel-to-reel tapes, to then be loaded up onto these big-ass machines upstairs and played back for an audience of like five at four in the morning. So I would sit there in the studio, and just, it was so bored, I was just gnawing off my own limbs to stay awake, and I would just occasionally try to amuse myself by flipping through the satellite channels on the monitor speaker to see what was out there, and I accidentally found the Alan Combs radio program, and this was like 20 years ago, and boy, it was just... It was like listening to... Uh, it was like listening to mayonnaise on white bread. 
if you were to leave it out on a countertop for three or four days and then gave it a radio show, it was just so unbelievably lame. So maybe it's gotten much more exciting. Maybe he's moving on to a thriving career somewhere there. But get that eye fixed, friend. It's distracting. Here's Tim Riley. So let's talk about other things. By the way, just one final note about Alan Combs. Yes. Alan Combs looks exactly like uh, the guy in the movie Heat that uh, that De Niro, you know, sort of rips off. Uh, the guy that employs Henry Rollins is the muscle. He he is the same guy who plays the bank manager in the beginning of The Dark Knight, where the Joker goes in and rips off the bank, and that guy comes and goes, "Do you know who you're stealing from?" That bank manager. That Alan Combs looks exactly like that guy. One of them ought to play the other one in some kind of a movie. Here's Tim Riley. Just minutes before the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is higher by more than 500 points. The Nasdaq up 100. Without a mind, amid heightened tensions over the faltering economy, President Bush, remember him? He met with the Treasury Secretary Paulson today. The meeting followed Paulson's announced plans to inject $20 billion in new capital into Trouble City Group. Anytime we were to make a a big decision during this transition, he will be informed, as will his team. But he is Barack Obama. So, I'm unclear about this. So, this $20 billion we're giving City Group? Yes. And they are the parent company of City Bank? Yes. So, where is that $20 billion coming from? It doesn't matter. We got plenty of money. <laughs> <laughs> They're just... Is yeah, there a guy... <laughs> Is there a guy named Snuffy in the basement hand-cranking a mimeograph machine? Snuffy's making the money as fast as he can. You hold on. I mean, but I mean, really, where? I mean, we don't have $20 billion just sitting around anywhere. Don't have to worry about it right now. <laughs> Is this, I want you to be honest with me, Tim. Is the Bush administration just hiding checks because they know that Barack Obama is going to be the guy living there? Because by the time these statements come out, he'll be out of office. Seriously, so that's like... You know what it is? That's like ordering uh, that's like ordering a bunch of cable, television, and pizza to your house because you're moving out tomorrow morning, and it's the new guy who's moving in that's going to get stuck with the bill. Yeah. Who ordered all these pizzas? You know, I don't know. It wasn't me. Well, you're stuck with them. All right. Well, there you go. So we're gonna. So George W. Bush, one of his last things in office is going to be screwing Barack Obama before he. I mean, further by sticking up with this twenty dollar, twenty billion dollar debt that we will never be able to pay off. Sure. Good, good for you, George Bush. Have you watched the uh, the president-elect's addresses? No. Wait, where? On YouTube? Yeah. No. They have them on YouTube, and they have them on uh, iTunes as well. Anyway, he's sitting in this office. It, the thing says, uh, this week's uh, address from the president-elect. He's addressing the country in iTunes? Uh-huh. I mean, I love technology and all, but doesn't do even understates perhaps the gravity of the office of the president? That sounds a little ridiculous. Right there between like Kanye West and the new Toby Keith? Uh-huh. Well, they're meant for YouTube also. Okay. But but in the back of them are books written by John F. Kennedy. Of course. Sitting there flanked by Profiles and Courage uh, on one side and like that Abraham Lincoln book he's always talking about on the other. And then there's a, a basketball to Barack from somebody. I can't see from whom. All right. So he's just, it, they, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't really read these books he claims to read. But you know that the presidents must read a whole lot. You know, the president's like anybody else. I mean, he probably read that Abraham Lincoln book. But then he fills the rest of his time with, like, James Patterson novels. Uh, you know, but when they go, what do you read? Well, I really enjoyed When the Hand Rocks the Cradle by Mary Higgins Clark. I don't know, Ixnay. Don't, no, no. Uh, Lincoln. Talk about that Lincoln book that you read. So just once I would love for a president to say that. You know, what are you reading? Porn. Just boxes and boxes of porn. Gonna, I don't think Obama's going to say he reads porn. Probably not, but I'm saying, you know, that would be the first step towards some sort of transparency with the White House. Maybe Tim. Bush will say that at this point. <laughs> Because nobody's listening anyway. What do you Just read? to find out if anybody's listening. <laughs> Just to test if the microphone is on. 
What are you What are you reading right now? Well, uh, ketchup labels mostly. All right. Uh, so he has. It says he he has tapped New York Federal Reserve President Timothy Geithner as the Treasury Secretary. Tim Geithner offers not just extensive experience shaping economic policy and managing financial markets. He also has an unparalleled understanding of our current economic crisis in all of its depth, complexity, and urgency. Geithner. I barely knew her. So Obama is promoting ambitious plans to stimulate the economy with a program to create millions of brand new jobs. Recently, more than half a million jobless claims were filed, the highest in 18 years. And if we do not act swiftly and boldly, most experts now believe that we could lose millions of jobs next year. Have you seen the, I think it's Newsweek has got that thing called the New New Deal, but it's this weird photograph that is... Is it is it uh, Roosevelt that is in that classic photograph where it's like him in the car turning around and looking over his shoulder? Uh-huh. But it's like Obama. The cigarette holder. Yeah, exactly. But it's like I think they've removed the cigarette holder actually now that I think about it. But they've they've put Obama in that photo, so it's like not Roosevelt. It's Obama like in like they've they've photoshopped him into that or something. Which kind of, but they got rid of the cigarette. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that before. All right, I want to So now that we're giving uh, twenty million dollars to uh, whoever th- today, here's another story. The Fed pledges $7.4 trillion Jesus. to ease the frozen credit. Why don't they just pop it in the microwave? The government is uh, preparing to lend more than $7.4 trillion on behalf of us, or half the value of everything produced in this nation last year, to rescue the financial system. So we are giving... Wait, hold on. So we are giving fully half... We're, we're out of the billions now. We're into the trillions. We are giving... We are lending... An amount that is equal to half of everything made in this country last year. Which isn't very much, when it comes down to. Where is that money coming from, I ask again? It doesn't matter. It's written on the same checkbook. That was like my dad. My dad was totally that way. The Well, I can't be broke. I've still got blank checks. You know, and then just be going off to the uh, the auto parts store for a day of spending. Jesus. So according to this. The bailout includes a federal program to buy as much as $2.4 trillion in short-term notes called commercial paper that companies use to pay bills begun October 27th, and I remember this going back to October 27th, and $1.4 trillion for the FDIC to guarantee bank-to-bank loans. That started October 14th. When did all this stuff start happening? I, we didn't I, know anything about it. I don't know, but I will tell you this. I read a fascinating article this weekend about, I wish I could remember the city where it was, but it might even be in Michigan, but that seems wrong. I read a great article this weekend about a, a Toyota plant that is based here in America, and they were interviewing a bunch of these American guys, you know, because, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a Toyota, it's a foreign company, but obviously their workers are all from here. Um, so they were interviewing all these American guys, just these sort of like Johnny Lunchbucket type guys, um, and they're like, hey, so how's life working at this Toyota plant in Kalamazoo or whatever? And that guy's like, fine, got a huge Christmas bonus. Really? You're not... Uh, Things aren't going bad for you here at this Toyota plant? No, never been better. Making a lot of money. We can't keep these cars in stock. Selling them faster than we can. Really, but now Ford and Chrysler need all this money. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing wrong over there. We're fine. And this is not like the manager. They're talking to some guy who works on the line. Uh-huh. And they're like, but but times are bad for the auto industry. Not here at Toyota. Everything's fine. Hey, would you like to buy a Prius? Ooh, hey, sorry. It's going to be an eight-month wait because people want the cars we make. It was a really eye-opening uh, article where they just interviewed all of these, like, normal Again, these are not like manager types. These are all just guys who are the average, not like entry level, but I mean, again, you know, the average run-of-the-mill line auto worker working at this Toyota plant in America where they're just fine, no issues at all, everything's going great. 
It's amazing what happens uh, when you make a car like the Prius that suddenly everybody decides they want to own. So, well, what are you going to do? And yesterday, Citigroup received $306 billion in government guarantees, controlled mortgages, and toxic assets. Do all those toxic go into one of those big barrels and they seal the top? I don't end know. End up in somebody's neighborhood? And then the uh, Treasury Department will inject $20 billion into something or other. It's just hilarious. I mean, especially because in my head... Here's well, then the, we're looking back in the story, and it says, this stuff happened in October. Where were we? I, I, were we, we, were right, we were right the here. Checks are big, they, right? Just, they didn't feel like letting us know. I mean, plus, whenever you talk about, like, oh, we're going to be giving them $20 billion, and I say, from where? And you go, it doesn't matter. You know, in my head, I just flash back to one of those Discovery Channel documentaries about the Mint, where they just show that press, and it's the big sheets... The big square sheets of $100 bills just being put into a huge stack. I figure there's just a guy, literally one dude right now in some room somewhere at the Treasury or the Mint or whatever, just creating money that we're going to send over to these uh, you know, companies just to sort of get their act together. All right. Well, well that's enough for now. So it comes to $7.4 trillion so far. Good to see, uh, good to see capitalism's alive and well, Tim. Yeah, I wonder what Karl Marx would say about all of this. It's a trickle-down theory. That's what it is, Tim. Uh, so what's Rosie O'Donnell up to, you ask? Well, it's a nice little break from talking about the economy, talking about Rosie O'Donnell. She said, despite some fiery verbal arguments between uh, Rosie and Barbara Walters, O'Donnell tells the Today Show she loves and respects the beloved TV personality. The fact that I heard her is what hurts me. Because, you know, I was 14 years old. I watched this first woman ever at a presidential debate. She was the moderator between Carter and Ford. I remember it vividly. She is one of the women who paved the way for every other woman on television and broadcasting. And I love her. But, I mean, what is she doing now? Like, what is Rosie O'Donnell doing at, not like this moment, actually, in time? Like, She's like, being on the Today Show. But, but, again, but, I mean, does she have a new project or something? Is she pitching something? No, let me look here. She writes a blog. Does she? Yeah, it's hilarious. hilarious. Everybody. Is it, is it uh, lacking in almost all punctuation or formatting? It has no formatting? punctuation. It's like, yeah, to be forgotten, oh, you know, God. like all that stuff. And But people write and ask her questions, and then she'll respond in kind of like a haiku style. So Rosie O'Donnell's job is writing a blog and just answering questions from people. Yes. She really her. loves uh, Barbara Walters. But I think there comes a point where she's just had enough, and I think I'm hard to take for some people. Listen, for you, you people. can't ever look at her life and career and have anything but respect for her. And I do love her. And that, that's... That's the bottom line. Love is complicated. Other people really, really... Rosie uh, loving Barbara Walters. <laughs> visualize that. Do you guys like Rosie O'Donnell? Because I do. I have... I, you I know, suppose somebody has to be Rosie O'Donnell, and it might as well be her. I was going to say, I was going to make a cheap joke about who liked Rosie O'Donnell. I don't What's know. the my... name of that movie? Exit to Eden? Was that it? Oh, when God. The with, Bondage? Yeah, with, with Dana Delaney. Dana Delaney and Dan Ackard. Yeah. Boy, Dana Delaney. Uh, the... Uh, I have such a complicated relationship with Rosie O'Donnell. I, I don't know. I, I guess I again. I could I could be the sort of like a one-dimensional like radio uh, you know jerk and be like Rosie O'Donnell's fat and not ugly, you know. But I mean, not funny. But here's the thing: she is kind of funny. I just I don't know. She she has gone through so many different variations in her personality and evolutions. Because this you won't remember this, Sarah. But way back in the '80s, she was a stand-up comedian who was actually really good. I mean, she was a really talented stand-up uh, stand-up comedy uh, artist, and then she hosted the stand-up show on VH1. Then she kind of acted for a while. She was great in a league of her own. Oh come on, she was a league of her own. Also, uh, now and then, and I get a little love for now and then with Rosie O'Donnell. Love Now that and Then is movie. a great movie. Love that movie. I will never lie about that. Now and Then's a great movie. I'm a sucker for coming of age films. Oh, it's it's great. Uh, let's see. And then. 
Let's see what else. Then she went on the no no no. But then she did that 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 daytime talk show, right? The like Ellen thing. Yeah, the beloved Rosie O'Donnell. See, at that point. like here's why I didn't like that show. Here's why I didn't like Rosie O'Donnell's daytime talk show. She pulled up being likable. But see, not to me. See, that's you one of those. Saw through that. that no, that's one of those. <laughs> you back you saw through curtains. the charade. That's no, that's one of those. That's one of those things where it's like you. That's like in backdraft. When De Niro on KCMD Portland, that's like in Backdraft when De Niro goes to talk to Donald Sutherland, and Donald Sutherland is at his parole hearing, and he's a pyromaniac, and Donald Sutherland is like, no, 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 I've been rehabilitated, and uh, I no longer pose any threat to society, and uh, I no longer wish to cause violence. I am perfectly free to be set back into society to live as a well-adjusted person. And then De Niro does whatever. He, like, lights a cigarette lighter or whatever and just holds it in front of him and says, Hey, uh, Johnny, what do you do to old ladies? And Sutherland goes, I burn them! You know, and he just snaps. Like, he's like, he can't he can't fool De Niro. I would watch that. As, uh, Rosie O'Donnell could not fool me. I would watch that daytime talk show, and I would know that she is, and I say this with love. She's Must just rush a, home to watch the Queen no, of Nice. She's, she's just a C. You can tell. And I again, I say that in the best way possible because she's a very spiky, very acerbic comedian, very sort of spiky and mean and funny. Tried to pull off being nice and just couldn't. Uh, as as Richard Nixon's mother might say, uh, "You may fool others, but never me. Thee may fool the world, but I see into thy soul." I could I could tell that Rosie O'Donnell was going fools. I've convinced them. I've pulled the wool over their eyes. Yeah. But then she would like sort of take off her human mask at the end and go home and feed on the uh, you know feed on the, the blood of goats. So I could not take her daytime show because I could tell she what she was faking it. As opposed to Ellen, who I think is legitimately a very nice person. So anyway, and, but but I was borne out by the way that my my uh, I was proven to be correct when O'Donnell left that show because then she immediately started doing all of this horrifically profane stand-up and started talking about f them, f those sucker moms. So then she went on The View and was just insane again. So I don't know. I, I'm very sort of conflicted about Rosie O'Donnell. I'm, I'm unsure. So she's a modern-day version of Roseanne Barr. I was just going to say the same thing about Roseanne Barr. She's always been nuts and crazy. Roseanne Barr, who is legitimately, at least was, a very, very funny person. Roseanne Barr in her day was one of the funniest people on earth. I mean, she really is. She, was, she will always be in the Hall of Fame in terms of female comedians. Um, it's true that there aren't as many good female comics as there are male comics. I mean, I think that's just an absolute fact. I don't think that's sexist. I just think that's true. I think that, you know, if somebody is a funny comedian, the odds are like 80 percent that they're that, that it's a man. That's just that's just the way it is. But Roseanne Barr was really, truly hilarious and groundbreaking. But then she did that thing where she just like 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 they're sort of nuts enough to be funny became like nuts enough to sort of be off putting and scary, I think. And then she was like and every other week. She put forth another announcement that, yes, I really am insane. Pay attention to me. We don't care. And did you notice this with Roseanne Barr? Do you remember the every week there was, like, some other family member that had, like, rogered her in a closet when she was a kid? I mean, it's like, to the point that you just stopped believing it. That's like, you know, every, you know, it became like this Tawana Brawley thing where about every seven days, no, 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 and then, uh, and then there was this, uh, and then there was this Fuller Brush man took me in the back, violated me, you know, in an obscene fashion. But every week there was some other family member that she would accuse of, of molesting her. It just became very unbelievable at a certain point. So, and now I hear her doing um, timeshare ads. The last time I heard Rosie O'Donnell, she's doing one of those uh, radio ads where it sounds like an interview, 
It sounds like the host is interviewing some quasi-celebrity, but then at about 30 seconds into the interview, it becomes, well, anyway, so I am down here in Vegas, so if you'd like to know how to live like a high roller the next time you come to Vegas, just uh, use my name, Roseanne, uh, the next time you call. So that's what she's doing these days. But I think she has some show. I think she has some domestic goddess-type show that's going on in Vegas right now. So, yes. All right, here's Tim Riley. The success of the new vampire romance Twilight at the weekend's movie box office has quelled any doubts about the possibility of a sequel. It came at number one and beat Quantum of Solace. Twilight made $70.5 million and as compared to Solace's $27 million. One of the fellows in this movie, the lead vampire, Edward Cullen. Oh, God, uh, is this the way to hear the British guy again? Yes, he says he's interested to see how his fame will live on. It'll be quite intriguing. I haven't done anything really this year other than do the movie and then promote it. And so when people come up to me in the street, I'm totally expecting it. But I guess after the movie's released, I mean, I'm not surrounded by Twilight people all the time, and people still say, like, hey, Edward, or whatever. I don't know what that's going to be like. The director is a gal, and uh, as far as women goes, she has made more from this movie than any other one before her. Her name is uh, Catherine Hardwick. I thought it was going to be a fun film <laughs> until I hit the weather problems. <laughs> but, you know, even though we did have Hardwick, why do I know her conditions name? up in the Pacific Northwest in the winter and freezing and wet, <clears throat> there were a lot of fun moments because you just got, like, all the actors are pretty cool. Wait, Catherine Hardwick, has she done anything? What else has she done that I might know? Her name sounds real familiar. We can look it up. All right. Eventually. All right. All right. I don't care now. Well, we'll find out for you. Okay. Chris Paddock went to see Twilight this weekend. Did he like um, it? Uh, he said that he was sort of, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, I don't want to misstate his, uh, misrepresent his take. I think he said it was sort of pulpy. He it, said it was okay. Enjoyable in a kind of like brainless, sort of not that good fashion, which you kind of know. the general public. Well, but I mean, here's, because this, the Twilight books, you know, they keep trying to create another Harry Potter. That's the thing. And so they had, and the Harry Potter phenomenon, I'm not saying like the best books ever made, but they are legitimately great books. The, the Harry Potter books are legitimately well written. And uh, the first two Twilight books are sitting in my office right now. And i got to finish this, God, this Lennon book I'm reading. This Lennon biography is a huge one. It's magnificent, but it's huge. It's like 900 pages. I mean, it's excellent. But it's just, I mean, it's like a, re it's a slog, man. I mean, it's a real, it's, it, it's, a, it's a real book. It's not like you're reading like a leaflet or something. Um. You know, it's not like some crap you buy at the airport because you got like a two-hour layover in Houston or something. So, I got to finish that. Then I got the first two Twilight books. But the, but the general take on the Twilight books is that they are, again, sort of enjoyable, not that well written. They go down pretty easily, like uh, maybe a spoonful of sherbet, and then they're just sort of quickly forgotten. And so the movies seem very much in the same vein, a little bit of a quick cash-in, as opposed to the Harry Potter films, where there was just all of this build-up and anticipation because they were such a valuable. And, and respected property, and it was all of this like they wanted to make sure they got it right. But with every successive attempt at knocking off Harry Potter, like you can tell that all of the, the like the care they've taken with the film has just become less and less. Because they, the first attempted knockoff was that Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe thing, which I know you like that, Tim. I, I don't really care for it. And then they had that Aragon Gorn thing, whatever the hell that was. And then they had um, this, and I would say somewhere in the day of the Lord of the Rings films, which are which are exceptional. But this just seems very much like a, you got to get it out there while the audience is still 15 years of age, because because once they turn 19, they're going to be embarrassed by these books and they're not going to come see them. Mm -hmm. So I would they're probably going to have I would imagine you'll see all four of these films out in the next three and a half years. I mean it won't it won't be like Harry Potter where it's take Jesus when did that first Harry Potter movie even come out? Oh, I mean oh, I I don't remember exactly. It was like 2002. 
Like 2000, 2001? Was it 2001? Because it came out around the same time that the Lord of the Rings trilogy was out, right? It was before that. It was before so the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I think. So, but I mean, it's been, in other words, seven books, and it's going to be just under ten years, I think. Which is not too bad. You know, but this the, they're going to crank all four of these out, like, instantly. I, I guarantee you the next one will be out within, within six or eight months. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Beep-doop. Billy Ray Cyrus will be spending Thanksgiving with at least one member of his family. I wonder which one that might be. Yes, it's Miley Ray Cyrus. They're taking part in Macy's Parade. But the singer said the appearance isn't the promotion for Miley's hit Disney series, Hannah Montana. I think I'm in the float. With me and Miley and my dog, because she's riding in a um, a float for Bolt. (laughs) I'm really drunk and have only a vague grasp of the King's English. Can you play? Can you play that again? Billy Ray Cyrus, but doesn't it? But doesn't it sound like he's competing? Doesn't it sound like he's competing in one of our sort of contests where you have to work a phrase in in a celebrity interview? Like they told him. Okay, Billy Ray, now look. Uh, it's, it's like all the, the the sand is just flowing out of his brain through his ear. <laughs> we're, we're, Billy Ray, we're going we're gonna to bet you $5 uh, that you can't answer this question. Can I win $200? Yeah, yeah, using only 15 different letters in the alphabet. You must use as few letters as possible in this answer. Go. I think I'm in the float with me and Miley and my dog because she's riding in a, um, a float. For bolts, a float for bolts. Bolts. It's it's that, Is that for a hardware store. Oh, that's the oh, that's that that CGI film. Yeah. Which Chris Paddock also. You know, I don't I ever need to see, see a film again because he sees everything. How does he? Make time he runs two radio stations yet can like reads everything and sees uh, everything. I think he's uh, he's cloned himself somehow, uh, or he's got that Hermione thing where he can be like that the polyjuice potion or whatever. Um. So yeah, the thing about that bolt movie. Isn't it Miley Cyrus in it? But she has that smoker's voice. I mean, she's not even... Uh, how old is Miley Cyrus? She's not even 17, is she? I think she's just turned 16. But she talks about, hi, I'm Miley Cyrus. Well, her she, birthday seems to be every day. Yeah, I mean, and, and She but, always turns 16. She sounds really... um. She sounds really much advanced beyond her. And I get... And well, there's always those photographs of her with that guy who's like 50 that she's dating. Mm-hmm. So, uh, although I'm sure they're just... I mean, they're sure it's platonic. But there's that <laughs> much older guy. Uh-huh. That's it. Uh, oh, by the way, Rosie was in Beautiful Girls with a 12-year-old Natalie Portman. Yeah, that's a creepy film. I mean, it's a great film, but it's creepy. All right. Uh, and I guess Rosie O'Donnell's getting a variety show of some kind, Tim. Oh, and Catherine Hardwick um, directed 13. Oh, right. Okay. And she also did uh, Speaking Lords of, disturbing. of Dogtown. Wow. Lords of Dogtown is not a bad film. Uh, it's not as good as Dogtown and Z-Boys, which is the documentary that that's based on. Dogtown and Z-Boys is better. Lords of Dogtown with Heath Ledger, actually, not as bad. Like uh, not movie. as bad as it could have been. It's not a bad film at all. See, I think Chasing Amy is hard for you in the same way that 13 is hard for me to watch. Oh, dude. I can't watch it because that happened to me, and it is, it's upsetting for me to watch. Not not that, but I mean, like, I had, like... You know what I'm thinking of. No, no, I had, you know, like, friends who totally, you know, when I was younger, had many issues with girls, uh-huh. including, like, you know, yes. them, like, totally turning on me, right. you know, and just... Yeah, 13 is a deeply disturbing film. Really, I, I own it because I think we stole it when we were at KWJJ because they had a bunch of copies. So yes. You got one, too. Yes. Yes, and, I did. Um, yeah, yeah, I own it, and I'll watch it every once in a while, and then regret it instantly. Yeah, no, that's a movie that'll thirteen. That's a movie that'll make you never have kids. If you were planning on having them, you will decide against it because you just don't. That, that is like the nightmare scenario of of what your daughters will grow up to be. So, yeah, they they ought to keep the, that and kids. Just keep those movies around as some sort of filmic birth control. Uh, forget all that. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. 
Yeah, talking about was it? No, not Rosie O'Donnell. And it was the other woman. Uh, you know, vastly successful. You were just mentioning that she does like some sort of a radio spot now. Who are we talking? Oh, Rose, Rose Roseanne Barr. Barr. Yeah, no, she pitches something like a timeshare thing or whatever that's like tied into her Vegas show. Doesn't she have like so much fu money that even Michael Jackson couldn't spend it all? Roseanne Barr. I don't Barr, know. I mean, I mean, she was like writer, producer, and I think co-owner of the Roseanne Barr show. Well, I suppose that's true, but you gotta, but you gotta imagine those nutcase husbands of her probably frittered any any <laughs> amount. And you know, don't you just know? And look, I say this with all respect. I really do love Roseanne Barr. She's at least was groundbreaking, oh, innovative, truly funny. Oh, her and John you know, Goodman together on that show were amazing. Yeah, they really fought her way to the top in a male-dominated industry, really using Absolutely. only her own talent. And let's be honest, not a beautiful woman in the Hollywood <laughs> sense. So, I mean, I have all the respect in the world for Roseanne Barr, but doesn't Roseanne Barr, in, as powerful, and she really is, you can tell, she's a powerful woman. She has a strong oh, yeah. sense of self. And we've talked about this a lot on this show. Doesn't Roseanne Barr seem, though, like the powerful woman who is helpless against the one jackass guy in her life that ruins everything and leaves her broke? That's the, yeah, I guess it is like the star, star, story of every like rock star or whatever, you know. Yeah, but 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 you but with women especially, you will get right. women who are independent, strong, powerful, self-possessed women, and there was always some irresponsible jackass guy that they have a blind spot for, who humps their sister and spends all their money. And Roseanne seems like she's picked about five of those guys in a row. So you think that there's a barn someplace uh, full of uh, broken monster trucks and uh, scratch-off tickets somewhere? I think Tom Arnold uh, didn't really have to worry about where his next meal was coming from for a long time. Let's put it now, that now, way. Tom Arnold should be doing the voiceover or doing the you know the uh, the acting work. Actually, I, uh, I mean he's the guy that's got to have he's got to be needing the money. I, well, you know, but again, I you know you got to wonder if maybe Tom Arnold saw like his gravy train come in with Roseanne. And just siphoned as much money out of her as he possibly could, and just stuck it all in T-bills or something, and is just sitting with his feet in the sands of Maui right now. So you know, I, I got to tell you real quick before I go. For years, who's that guy? Uh, uh, you know, Independence Day, that Who? speech, Bill Pullman, that you love so much. Yes. For years. No. Yeah. Pullman, for Paxton, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Pullman. For years, I was convinced that that was Tom Arnold in that role. Tom Arnold, like just I, from I, hearing it or watching it. Well, I saw it once. And then a few years later, I think I saw Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold for the first time. And so in my head, I got the two transposed. And so in my head, I always saw Tom Arnold in that cafe when they asked him. They, they didn't do anything sexual in that spaceship. I just always thought that was Tom Arnold. And so, you know, now I know about Tom. The idea that any movie would cast Tom Arnold as the president, uh, especially when America... <laughs> When America and the world are facing its last, their last stand against an alien, uh, hostile presence, that's pretty fantastic. Doesn't that sound like a Tom Arnold vehicle, though? Really, if you were to recast it today, it could almost work. I mean, if you know, maybe not. Really? <laughs> maybe right, not. Thank you. This is more time than anybody has spent talking about Tom Arnold. I mean, really, like, unless you're his divorce lawyer. All right, thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, tis the season for rodents to ruin the holiday season. You know, homeowners should walk around the house to make sure that they keep the pests out of the house. There's very little you can do, though, unless you keep your house very clean. A hole the size of a dime lets a mouse stick his nose through and chew that hole out so he can make it through. What? Didn't hear that? But what is the, what is the context of this? Uh, rodents are here to ruin the holiday season. A hole the size of a dime lets a mouse stick his nose through and chew that hole out so he can make it through. Okay. Well, duly noted. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll uh, be joined by CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum.
They tell us that Thanksgiving is just a few days away. Russell Lilly of the Missouri Department of Food Management said the best way to defrost the turkey is to put it in the refrigerator. For a large turkey, it can take three or four days to thaw. And, and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for one or two days after it's thawed. <laughs> what, what is up with that guy? I, I mean, look, I hate to sound like we're... The size of a dime lets a mouse stick his nose through and chew that hole out so he can make it through. If you do squish it, it does have a, a, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. For a large turkey, it can take three or four days to thaw. And, and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for one or two days after it's thawed. So make sure you put a sweater on before you get in there. <laughs> Seriously, doesn't it? Isn't that exactly, it sounds like he's advising you to climb inside your frigidaire and just, like, hang out. Kids, don't climb inside your frigidaire. But also, he's. does it sound like he has, a, uh, like, an abundance of R sounds in his vocabulary? I guess so. And so he just seems to... cold. He seems to just be sort of throwing them in like some sort of verbal salt and pepper. Uh-huh. Can you play that one more time? Sure. For a large turkey, it can take three or four days to thaw. And, and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for <laughs> one or two days after it's thawed. <laughs> That, that really is. That's why I love holiday weeks on the program. <laughs> that really is wonderful. And if you see a crack somewhere, take a hawk with you and try to seal that, seal that crack up. No, it's true. It's good advice. Wow. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Just one final observation that we'll get Steve Kasten. Have you ever to see those old refrigerators that, like, your grandparents would have? And that it was, will kill you. It, but it was like not only were they, they was like they were designed to kill you. Uh-huh. It, they were like some sort of child begone, uh, you know, like for a, for an earlier era where maybe science hadn't given you other alternatives for remaining child free. It was, and it, there was, it, and a lot of times I think this may be a thing of the past for uh, for a lot of families. But it was that thing in the fifties and sixties where uh, where dad would have there'd be one refrigerator in the house for all the regular family consumables. And then Dad would have a second refrigerator out there in like a utility room or a garage that was just for beer and so forth. And that one always had a latch on it. Literally, it took like six thousand pounds of pressure to open. My grandmother had one of these fridges. I mean, I remember being like eight, nine years old, being at my grandmother's house, and it would shut. And I swear to God, you could hear like iron manacles closing on the inside. Like you were never going to get that thing open. Kids love them. It's like step inside the time machine and shut the door. <laughs> It's a machine that lets you see Jesus. Uh, I can see children doing that. Apparently, apparently this uh, this turkey turkey advice guy is all for it. For a large turkey, it can take three or four days to thaw, and and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for one or two days after it's thawed. This guy's not a role model. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. That guy sounds a little bit like Bullwinkle. See, that's what I mean. He sounds kind of like someone. Maybe it's Bull, or maybe like a Snuffleupagus, like an old bird. That kind of yeah. a thing. Play, Tim, can you play one more time? For a large turkey, it can take three or four days to thaw. And, and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for ah. one or two days after ah. it's thawed. That's wonderful. I dig it, that guy. 
His advice is actually making me nervous about my turkey. Now, uh, so, oh, that's right. You were going to spend this weekend not doing anything manly, but instead preparing for uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, we, we picked up a, a never-frozen turkey at Trader Joe's, and it's going to be in our refrigerator for a total of, uh, you know, four days now before uh, we Yeah, but you it. can, man, you know, meat stays good forever, though. I mean, that's the business of, like, meat going bad. That's just sort of an urban myth. It doesn't, I mean, if you're refrigerating it, like, it takes a long time for something like that to go bad, doesn't it? I hope so. He says only one or two days. I'm a little worried now. <laughs> yeah, but he also seems to think that you ought to be observing the turkey from a distance of like three inches away while sitting on the shelf between the butter and the soda. <laughs> so I don't really know that he's any sort of a roadmap for that. Um, so it's a never frozen turkey. Is it supposed to then, um, by the way, Tim, and don't you just, and Steve, you've worked in radio for a long time. You know that we are now just entering that, we are entering that particular tunnel of holiday hell where it's going to be endless news clips about, you know, Josie Splakowski, who works at the Butterball Hotline, said they get some crazy calls. And then they cut to her going, well, once we had a call from a man who had, um, he had coated his turkey in cement because he thought that it would keep it from spoiling. And then he wanted to know if the cement was oven safe. You know, and it's like this. And you suspect that. There are new no there, there there are no new sound bites coming from the Butterball Hotline. It's just the same crap they've been giving us since 1981. There was the guy who called, who actually got the turkey carcass stuck on his head. Yeah, I don't think like I've that. I don't think I've heard that one. Well, I'm sure there's somebody who's called, you know, the help the helpline and and said that. Yeah, isn't that like it, a isn't that a Mr. Bean episode? Oh no! Is it really? Good? I think there's a Mr. Bean where he gets the turkey on his head and then he's walking around the kitchen like, bonk, oh, 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 you know, like oh, uh, no. hitting his head on things. So I would hate to think that my subconscious has been influenced by Mr. Bean. That's okay. What can you do? All right. <clears throat> so in any event, hey, how much? We'll hear... Sorry, I was going to say, and then we'll hear the countless stories about the turducken again. Right. No, and then deep fried turkey and blah blah. Hey, they didn't really. Did you ever see that MythBusters where they talked about whether or not a frozen turkey that falls off the counter can crush your household pet? No. Because you always hear these stories about, like, if you have a frozen turkey or something on the counter, be careful that your pet doesn't get it or try to pull it down because if it lands on the pet, like, it can crush your pet into dust. And they were, trying, they were trying to see if it's true. And so they did, you know, on Mythbusters, they get these great things where they'll get, like, skeletons or, um, what do they call it? Like a, but it's like basically a thing that duplicates the density and structure of bone or flesh or something, like, uh -huh. like for, like, ballistic testing or whatever. And so they got basically a fake dog, and it wasn't like a real, you know, wasn't like a skeleton. It was like, you know, skeleton and then the body of a dog, but it was all constructed out of synthetic material, but meant to approximate the response of an actual body, you know, like an actual pet. And they dropped a turkey on it from like three feet, and I swear to God, it just turned, it just flattened the thing until it was like an inch thick. I mean, it just crushed it. Yeah, so keep so keep your pets away from frozen turkeys. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Interesting. So, um... And it was really disturbing because they put like big googly eyes on the fake dog. It was all very, uh, very dark. Um... Hey, so I got a question. So this twenty-five, how much money are we giving these uh, these bastards at Citigroup? Is it twenty billion dollars? Yeah, right. Uh, this time around, they're getting an additional twenty billion dollars. They've already received twenty-five billion in the initial handout from the rescue package. Now they're getting another twenty billion, and the FDIC and the Treasury Department are going to back uh, something like uh, three hundred billion dollars in toxic assets that Citigroup has which is really just a fancy way of saying they've got a bunch of loans out there that they don't know uh, whether they'll be able to you know, repay them or, or be repaid. And, and so uh, it, it, any losses above $29 billion 
uh, you and I, the tax holders, are pretty much going to start uh, covering the, the cost of that. Okay, I was just actually going to say, first of all, uh, I know that under the uh, I know that under the Bush administration, uh, they made a, this last Bush administration they made it a lot more difficult for people to file bankruptcy for individuals, you know, because they want you to take responsibility for your decisions. Right. So it's interesting to see that the banks have all these so-called toxic assets. First of all, toxic asset doesn't sound like a thing that any reputable banking or lending organization would stand behind because, you know, it's toxic. So they're never going to get that money back. But I guess it's a lot easier when the money they're backing it with just belongs to Steve Kastenbaum and Sarah and Tim and Rick. Um, also, so this follows 25. So this is, in fact, a total so far of $45 billion that these guys yes, have gotten. Sir. So yeah. here's a dumb question. Where is that money coming from? That's the question that was put to Barack Obama today. I mean, isn't this country, aren't, I hate to interrupt, isn't the United States already in debt like a skillion dollars? Yes. Okay, so we have a big deficit going on here. So, and he was asked that by reporters today when he unveiled his economic team. And he said, look, you know, basically he was saying, you know, we'll worry about that down the road. Right now we gotta, we got to take care of this problem. And, uh, you know, later on we, we stand to make some money off of all these, uh, all these loans and, and, and all this toxic asset. Uh, all of these toxic assets that we're taking on, you know, we can make some money off of that down the road, but we'll, we'll worry about that later. Right now, we just got to make sure we uh, put the financial system on firm footing, is what he was saying. On firm footing, basically. All right. So I don't even know, I don't even know where to begin. Tim just showed me. Tim, is that uh, just in that story? Yes, it's just in. I believe we have some utterly lame and predictable news story about how the auto industry, I swear to God, is planning a. Carpool to Washington D.C. That is uh, filed it under uh, too little, too late. You jackasses. Uh, <laughs> so these are the guys who are like flying the private jet there. By the way, can I read you? This is a listener email, Steve. I'm going to read yes. you this. I would, I could take credit for this, but that would be wrong. This is from um, Bob, who says, "Rick, do you want to see if the CEOs of the big three are serious about turning things around? Have them fly their private jet back to Washington, then offer them this deal. The automakers can have 25 billion if." The CEOs hand over the keys to the jet, take a, uh, take a Greyhound back to Detroit, and have their offices cleaned out in 72 hours. Congress can then hire at a reasonable salary people that could actually run the companies. If they don't like the terms, they can fly back to Detroit, keep their $28 million salaries, and never come back to Congress asking for anything. That would be a really – some – okay, I'm telling you right now. You want to suggest this, just like underneath, like on deep background or whatever, pass this along to some senator, some, some congressman – who wants to make a little splashy name for themselves because they're thinking about running for something in a few years, where some senator stands up and they say, and he stands up and he says, you know, with like the appropriate, uh, you know, Aaron Copeland music underneath him, he says, I for one stand in this hallowed hall of government, and I am prepared to offer my full backing and support for this bailout and rescue of the American auto worker. In exchange, I only ask for one thing, and that is that you three men, men who have steered the company to such rocky economic shoals, take even the barest rudiments of responsibility, responsibility being the cornerstone of our great system of finance. I ask that you take a Greyhound bus back to Detroit and that you leave your office keys with me. Security will escort you to your office. You must have your desk cleaned out and be at home. Within 72 hours. And there you go. And you know, the thing is, probably wouldn't happen, but you know what? That would get on every network news channel in, in, in the world. 
Oh, yeah, it wouldn't mean anything, but it would get on every news channel for Seriously, sure, yeah. Some guy yeah. needs to do that. Some Tommy Carcetti guy who just wants a little bit of publicity should totally do that. Did I'd play that soundbite like, every day for a year. Did you ever write a speech for a congressman or something? Because you're so good at this, off the cuff. Well, it, you know, here's the thing. Everybody has one special gift. Mine is at emulating hackery. Hmm. That's it. I mean, if you want to give me something lame, cliched, tedious, predictable, strung together out of just, you know, all sorts of uh, pithy, pious, uh, you know, sort of uh, sentences that mean nothing, I'm your man. I can do that. So. Yeah, you know, hacks make a lot of money. Maybe you Dude. should uh, think of a, of a job change. Well, yeah. you know what? It's like they have, uh, you know, they have guys who are like script doctors. You go and you polish a Hollywood script, and you know, my, uh, you know, my one of my heroes, Aaron Sorkin, did that. Still does. Um, I could have. I, I would totally lend myself out right now. And look, here's the thing. I don't care what party you belong to. I don't care what your ideals are. You could be all you. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you could be uh, you know, for rounding up and imprisoning everybody with web toes. I don't care. I, I am. I have no shame. I'm willing to lend myself out and be a hack speechwriter for anybody with the money to pay me. Marketing myself right now today. So cool. I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know. Here, you've got my endorsement. Well, thank and you. My recommendation. So anyway, so what is the? This is not the end of all this money, right? This is just step five in like a nine thousand step gravy train payout. Well, look, you know, they made the initial. Uh, injection of, of money when the seven hundred dollar uh, seven hundred million seven hundred billion dollar rescue plan was announced, and uh, the financial uh, system sort of calmed down a little bit, but definitely wasn't healed. So who knows where we go from here? It's going to be a while. And uh, unfortunately, on that note, I've got to go get on another radio station. Another okay. radio station. Yeah, I'm sorry mm -hmm. about that, Rick. I'm looking at the clock. And I see how it is. All right. All right. Well, Steve Katzman, we will talk to you in the immediate future, sir. Thank you. All right, my friends. Right. I'll see you soon. There you go. By the way, somebody's saying the turkey guy sounds like uh, the Davy and Goliath cartoon. You know what I mean? Sort of like a, you want to put it in the fridge, Davy. That is what I was thinking of. Do you want to go stone an unfaithful woman? For a large turkey, it can take three or four days. <laughs> exactly. And and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for one or two days after it's thawed. If you have sex, God will kill you. All right. Uh, this email says, Rick, it's almost Thanksgiving again, that wondrous time of year when Tim Radley gets to read great stories with sound clips of guys from sink makers of America telling us not to shove a whole turkey carcass down the garbage disposal. What? It's almost about that time. Yes, I'm it not, is. I'm not wearing my headphones as I That's should. okay. They're squeezing the blood out of my head. <laughs> it sounds like those might be defective. Mine feel really tight today, too, actually. <laughs> is that one of the little um, selling points on the back? Offers clarity of sound. Unique channel separation. Squeezes blood out of head. You know, wide-range frequency response. What do you mean they're squeezing the blood out of your head? Well, Richie gave me these. Well, he repairs my other ones, and they're for, for someone I, I don't know. Now, look, I... But where, what happened to your headphones? Are they still broken? Yes, I had to buy Richie some uh, super glue over the weekend to fix them. Here's the thing, Tim. I know that you're frugal, and I admire that about you. But those headphones you, you were wearing, not the ones now, but the ones Richie's fixing, mm -hmm. they cost like $9. 19 Maybe you should buy some additional headphones. What do you think? I like those because one side is snapped off, and it only gives me one, and I like just one. You like them because they're broken? Yes. Wait, are they fixed? I, they may very well be. So now you have like a Gary Owens thing then when you use those. Wait, let me just so wait, where she gave you replacement headphones and you actually took one of the ear cups off? No, it fell off. I was warned that these aren't very good ear Are you sure that maybe your head doesn't have some weird distortion field that makes half of things like fall away? So why do you let me ask you this. 
I mean, to uh, each his own. Here we go. Those are your old headphones. Oh, you betcha. So to each his own, but why do you like only one headphone on? They're comfortable like a half of an old shoe. But, I mean, is that like... Because you sometimes see old broadcasters doing that. Yes. Well, I started AM radio when they used to play music. Right. And if you were both sides... Well, we've never played music here, but the compression sounds really weird if you're talking on the air with both sides on. Interesting. So, like, if I was going to be talking up a post right now, that you are saying that it would be... You do not sound like yourself. It's different. Listening through both headphones okay. while talking up music. Well, hold on. Now i got to do it. And I know that this won't mean anything to anybody. Well, we, don't, we don't know if we have 70s-style compression in No, here. and you're right. We don't. If we have an Optimod. Oh, uh, so you're saying just with 70s-style compression. Yeah, well, that's what I start in radio. All right. Well, in any event, I've, I've always been curious about that. Because, you know, you look if, back... If at, you have the Optimod, and you have a touch of reverb, as everybody had back then, right. and if you're listening through both heads, it really throws you, because you don't sound like yourself. You know, the Optimod really is... Here's the great thing about the Optimod is... And the Optimod, by the way, sounds fake. It sounds like a fake product, but it really is... That is a type of... It's a, a brand of radio... I'm not sure if we even have anything like that in our audio chain. I don't know. We had the, uh, that old-school Optimod at KOTK. Yeah, the kind with the actual bouncing needles, like the uh, actual real uh, analog-style needles that moved up and down. So, ah, kids today. Well, let's do one more, and then we'll break. We'll come back and get, uh, get caught up here. Well, what's new in the world of the morbidly obese? <laughs> I would imagine uh, clutching at one's heart. Maybe a shooting pain through the jaw. Well, they now get an extra seat free on domestic flights in Canada beginning in January yeah, in a socialist country. Yeah, that's great. Their Supreme Court refused yesterday to consider a carrier's appeal to a federal order. Uh, the decision is a six-year battle for disabled travelers to secure two seats for the price of one. If they need to fly that way, Air Canada and Air Jet failed in their pitch for the court to reconsider this. That means I'm equal now. Actually, she's equal to two people now, says Joanne, <laughs> a Victoria housewife. I'm so excited and happy that justice prevailed. I'm sure all the people sitting next to her will feel the same way, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and you know that there's uh How do I put this? You know, if you're morbidly obese, mm-hmm. that's the best kind. <laughs> Given a choice, I, I was going to morbidly obese. That's ah, never mind. Um, there's some joke there about fat gothic girls, but um, how do I put this? Airplanes always have those cloth seats, and let's be honest, there are um, with some of the folks who are really uh, just gruesomely overweight. We all know that there's sometimes a bit of a funk. Left behind in that cloth. It never comes out. You mean the Sky Mall? No, I'm not. What? The Sky Mall catalog? Something left behind? No, that has. No, that's not at all what I was talking about. I was talking about a stink. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Well, let's take a break. Back after this, uh, we have more from Tim Riley coming up. Still to come today, Clergy Watch, Geek Watch. Let's see what else. Top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. And, uh, oh, we'll do this Like Us audio, and we'll talk to Richie about his upcoming drag show, for which there are now tickets available with his name on them. Tickets West, Taboo Video presents Rochelle Crystal. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. By the way, somebody says there's a bodega. What is that? A bodega? Yeah. It's like a like a small corner store like in New York where you can buy 
Sounds like a slur of some kind. You can buy like sandwiches and cigarettes and beer and sandals and just like has a little bit of everything. Bodegas are amazing. All right. I just don't want my sister to date one. Uh, let's see. On uh, North Denver and Kilpatrick that has the new flavors of Viso. Email says, Star is my new favorite thing ever. Uh, Viso Dynamo is reminiscent of Pixie Sticks, which I guess is good. So we were just, uh, but did, uh, I was actually, this is why I told you during the break, I'd never had a Pixie Stick. A Pixie Stick is, is a Pixie Stick the same thing? Don't they make like a giant Pixie Stick that comes in like a huge plastic Pixie Stick is plastic like, it's like a ground up sweet tart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but I thought it was just sugar, like actually, literally no, like, sugar. No, it's like fine powdered. It's it's like what would happen if you ground up a sweet tart. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe you haven't had a pixie stick. Well, this doesn't seem like a thing that doesn't seem like They're a thing. They're pretty delicious. Really? Then your tongue starts mm-hmm. to burn. Are they? Mm-hmm. Are they tart? Sort of sour? Yeah. They're kind of, yeah, they can be. It depends on the flavor. But I mean, just like just all that sugar in your mouth just starts to really like burn the insides of your mouth. Yeah. See, if they were just if they're just sugary. That's not a thing that I would. Uh, oh my God, boy, George is massive. Oh, you haven't seen him? Sorry, I have a thing to say. <laughs> Awful thing to say. I No, I'm just saying he's you know what he looks like? He looks like he looks like those photographs you see of uh of what's his name? Of um Sid Barrett. Mm-hmm. You, those uh, Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd like the day before he died. Like, look at Sid Barrett, and then the next day <clears throat> dead. That's kind of what he looks like here. Uh Rick, Turkey guy sounds like he'll uh like Dr. Phil. Saying, you know, it's okay, bragging on yourself, best show ever. Let's I think you else. did nail it with the uh, Davey and Goliath thing, because we were listening to that during the break, where Davey was trying to come to terms with the fact that he um, has to love his black friend as an equal. Oh, is this where the, uh, is this where he's... Uh, oh, it's just awkward to watch, and there's some weird, like, kid walking around with bandaged eyeballs, and like, I don't even know. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, all this stuff to get to here. This, however, is Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Maybe she read it as a cop. Uh-huh. Moving on. Throne sparked to an Ohio basement for a free pile of coal. A ton of coal was just taking up space in the basement of Steve Horrocks. Nine-year-old house... But to other people, it was an alternative fuel treasure. The knee-high pile of coal was uh, down there since 1997 when he bought the house, which was once heated by low-tech coal-burning furnaces. I got two great ideas. Mm-hmm. Go. So you say that with a sort of disinterested one-syllable response of a man who believes I, in fact, have no good ideas. I can tell Tim. No, no. Uh, I know what goes on. I've, I've never Tim believes in your ideas. Stop projecting, Rick. Let us know your ideas. I know stuff! I'm going to sit back till I hear every idea that you have. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Ever. Um, all right. Uh, which one do you want first? I got the. I got one that is sort of just a sort of kooky, and then I got one that is like a, kind of a good money-making idea for somebody else. Which Whatever one do you, you think is most important? Let's do the kooky because. Okay, you know what we ought to do? We here on the Rick Emmerich, because we've been trying to figure out what our what our Christmas gag should be. Not Gabby, you know our thing. Like we did, you know, behind the Christmas, we've done the live radio play last year. Somebody was suggesting caroling this year, and Joni sent me this, like, upbraiding message about, like, it's just caroling. What's so hard to figure out? It's not that I don't know what caroling is. I understand that. But I guess my thing is, like, what would Rick Emerson's show caroling even be? Like, I don't, in other words, like, how does that make, like, what is interesting about that, apart from the fact that it, what makes it different from or more interesting than regular caroling? Yeah. Because... You know, because it's not that like it has to be all about us. I'm just saying otherwise. It seems like the caroling thing is pretty much held down in this world. There's people who do, there's professional carolers, people who go out and do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, we would have to make it interesting or different or better somehow, 
Otherwise, it's just we're sort of, you know, taking up space that real, actual, like, competent carolers could be, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so we could, and I don't really know how to do that. So unless we just got a bunch of, no, that's a stupid idea. I was going to suggest getting celebrity carols like Carol O'Connor and Carol Brady. See, but see, that's, that's brainstorming. That, you know, that's that an idea. That is a terrific idea. It's not. See, now you're now you're just pacifying me. Just a bunch of guys like Carol O'Connor. It's Christmas carols, and they'd all be like, "Hello, meathead." Oh, Carol Burnett. Are they dressing Car- like Carol the Burnett. Carol O'Connor. Okay, wait, hold on. Carol Brady. Carol O'Connor. Carol Burnett. Car- Carol. Bur- Carol. Carol McBack to Old Virginia. No. Uh, that's it. There's the only three carols I can come up with. Carol. Caroline Kennedy. Caroline Kennedy. Uh, Carol, uh, do we know any celebrity Carol? Carol? No, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Carol any. Channing. There you go. You're much better at this than I am. Carol. Carol Lombard. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> Carol Corn Syrup. See, I've got all I've got are puns. All right, Andy. So I can't make the Christmas Carol thing interesting. Here's what we ought to do, though. We here on the Rick Emerson show. You just reminded me of this. We ought to go uh, find somehow. I mean, I guess you could probably buy a little amount of it. We had actually find, uh, hey, you know, like a small amount, little lumps of coal. And then deliver them, you know, like as like a show bit to people that we think are bastards. Dear jerk, here's some coal from the Rick Emerson show. And we make a big deal about going to deliver it. What do you think? Are you with me? Yeah. That might make us to get some violence of some sort. To Why be deliver- What do you mean? Why would it be? Uh, like that we think are jerks or that we're just trying to be funny? People who have been naughty. Uh, here, you're getting some coal. Like, uh... Do these people realize they've been naughty? Like or who's, is it just somebody else's opinion? Like, name a naughty like? person. I don't know. Like, uh, who would... I don't know. Who don't we like this year? Ooh, how about I some like of those people? How about some of those people in the book? Haven't there been people who've abandoned babies or dogs or uh, otherwise well, behaved? Book, uh, hold on. Let's see if any of the people in the book are from... Are local? I think there were a couple of them. Oh, Toilet Baby Lady was from here. Toilet Baby Lady. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's a lot of names. Yes, it is, Sarah. Let's see. Connecticut, Pennsylvania... Northeast Portland, Field Baby Woman. Field Baby Woman. And then I have written down here Sherry Grimm, which was maybe either her or somebody else in the story. I think it... No, it had to be her. All right. Sherry Grimm. She's the How woman... How do you spell her name? Uh, C-H-E-R-E, like Sherry. C-H-E-R-I. Grimm. C-H-E-R-I-E. I-E. Uh, Grimm with two M's. Grimm. Grimm. Mm. Yeah. And then I have written next to it Field Baby Woman, Northeast Portland. Uh, and I think that was the story. If I remember the story correctly, baby in a field, and then it was walked to a nearby house or something like that. Are you seeing anything there? Yeah, no, no, I found the. That's her. That's is her. that her? What What is the actual? What are the specifics the of the story? We can we can totally deliver coal to some folks who have it coming. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, above that, I have Kaiser. Was that here? Um, I have Let's Kid Wander. Uh, somebody rather. Uh, let's see. How about this? I have. Graydon and Robin drown, and the next to it I have May 6th to 16th, beat children. Doesn't say whether they're from here, though. All right, let's see. But they were, okay. Uh, Let's see, what else do I have? Come on. Ooh, how about those Oregon faith-killing parents? Uh, From the followers of Christ Church. Yes, the ones who let their kid die? Jeffrey Dean and Marcy Ray Beasley. Yeah, they'd be good ones. They, uh, you know, let the, that was, I have here, Oregon Faith, that wasn't the followers of Christ Church and Malala with that whole thing of like, no, Jesus will fix our kid. Oh, maybe not. Damn. Uh, yeah, there's them. Let's see, who else do we have here? Um, Stole Cancer Girl's Backpack. You know, some of these I didn't notice if they were local or not. You know, a lot of them are not. A lot of them are from elsewhere. We'll just keep that in mind for the future. All right. Well, there you go. So, but I'm saying we would deliver coal to people who we feel have behaved badly this year. There's got to be somebody here. I can't believe 
uh, in Portland that we couldn't come up with a list of people who have wronged us over the course of the year. Anyway, so that would be my first idea. Uh, yes, her name is Sherry Grimm, and yeah, it's... Did it say she left a baby in a field? A woman who police said left a newborn in a grass field lost custody of the child Monday. A judge gave the state temporary custody of the baby. A man walking his dogs discovered the child. Grimm's mother, Cheryl, showed up at the hearing. Let's see. The friends have identified the mother as Sherry Grimm. All right. So there you go. See, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's some coal. Uh, Okay. That's my first idea. My second idea, this is not anything we can do. Don't you think there ought to be uh, an ad campaign, Tim, that like Macy's or Nordstrom or somebody does about blah, 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 blah. Put some coal in your stocking. Kenneth Cole, that is. And then it's something from the Kenneth Cole collection. That's terrific. Now, do they do that? I mean, that seems so great. They ought to do it now. I had to call them up and sell them that idea just instant. Or Coles. I mean, I'm a big, uh, you know, it's not like I'm, I don't really have a lot of brand loyalty in terms of clothing, but Kenneth Cole, that's, uh, you can never go wrong buying Kenneth Cole. So I'm just saying. I had a good suggestion too, uh, the Bunny Suicide Book Woman. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Taffy Anderson. Taffy Anderson. So we uh, deliver some coal to her. All right. I'm just saying, it seems like a it seems like a good idea to me. We'll rake you over the coals. Okay, here's Tim Riley. A New York mom is suing the hospital after losing both hands and feet in the medical mistake. Yes, she's suing after a lawyer said a medical mistake led to the removal of both hands and feet. She is now a quadruple uh, amputee named Tabitha. She's been released from Brooklyn Hospital, where she originally was taken to have a kidney stone removed. She was given painkillers sent home, but an infection that went untreated blocked blood flow to her hands and feet, and she lapsed into a semi-coma. When the 32-year-old mother awoke, doctors told her they had to amputate both their hands and both their feet. Now she's suing for $100 million. Jesus, you know, you don't fall asleep in a hospital. And you know, like guy woke up last week, no penis. Mm-hmm. She wakes up, uh, you know, two mittens too many. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I tell you this? I do love my dentist, and he's great. Mm-hmm. But I had just, and I, and I should say for the record, it was nothing bad. But I did have just the tiniest window into how some of these weird medical stories happen. So I went to the dentist last week. I got one more visit. Uh, oh, and then my dentist is retiring. I got an email about it. I'm very sad about that. that but um, but I went to the dentist the other day, get the filling done. You know, it's fine, no problem. And then the hygienist, he leaves. He's like, well, Richard, you know, glad everything went well. We'll see you next time. And then he leaves. And then the hygienist is sort of like doing that thing of like, okay, close your mouth. And she's like cleaning everything out. She goes, okay, and you know, you won't be able to eat for three hours and whatever, and try not to bite your face. And so she sends me home. I get back here to the kitchen, and I'm still a little marble mouth. You know, how are you doing, Rick? I can't quite talk. Then I re- then I, my mouth feels strangely cold. I reach inside, and the hygienist left like a big sponge thing in my mouth. It's weird. It's lucky I didn't swallow it because I couldn't feel it. My mouth is all numbed up. Uh, so the hygienist like left a thing in my mouth, which is fine. Again, I caught it, and it wasn't like a big deal. But um. But that's, you do realize how you got those stories about like how they leave like a bone spreader or something inside your inside your stomach. Uh, how about this, Rick? I don't really care for holiday songs. How about you guys carol rock songs? It would confuse everybody. Well, I have some friends who do that every year here. Somebody said they carol like rock songs, mm-hmm, like like, um, what? like hey yeah, and like a bunch of just random. That's songs. odd. We could carol like rock Carod people. Well, we could carol holiday rock songs like Father Christmas or something. I don't know if I'm really down with the caroling. This I way. mean, it sounds it sounds kind of fun, but I don't yeah, know I, I just the yeah, cool thing I think is genius. Yeah, no, I but see, we'd have to come up with a list of people who you know who deserve coal. Mm, there's it, something there. It seems like we could tread into dangerous. Uh, <laughs> we could tread into de- dangerous territory with CBS Legal here and have some sort of an interactive map, and people can just tell us who deserves coal, and we'll go deliver it. <laughs> but that seems like it might get us into just the tiniest, easiest bit of trouble. So, I'm just saying, uh, let's do a couple more, and then we'll break. 
Madonna's marital breakup is tough, but she says she is grateful that her heavy workload provides a distraction that keeps her going. Mm -hmm. It's sad about my personal life, but I'd be very <laughs> blessed and lucky that I have the opportunity to do what I do in my professional life, says Madonna. It would be horrible if I was just thinking about the divorce and had nothing to do. I don't have any real feelings, but I can emulate mm -hmm. others who have them. You can mock, mimic human emotion. Uh-huh. Among her current projects to take her mind off her divorce is her documentary, I Am Because We Are. I is product of American schools in Michigan. This film has it's a TV premiere. I am because Sunday. we are. Yes, I am because we are. Somebody's spending too much time following Eastern religion and not enough time learning how to read. Mm -hmm. Amy Winehouse is single again. According Hooray! To... <laughs> Apparently, the trouble singer plans to divorce her husband, Blake Fielder Sybil. That's the end of a 17-month marriage. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. Uh, whatever. Uh, Boy George. Uh, begins his trial today in London surrounding allegations that he handcuffed and abused a male prostitute. Imagine... Okay, never mind. That would ruin somebody for life. Virgin Atlantic is the second airline to introduce in-flight wireless internets. They joined American Airlines today with a service called GoGo. USA Today reports the Wi-Fi connection allows you to browse the World Wide Web, send email and instant messaging, even connect to security networks. Not allowed will be voice calls out of courtesy to other passengers. Not that it does anything to the flight itself. Uh, Virgin will initially introduce the service on the single Airbus A320 aircraft. And it's uh, it'll be, let's see, $9.95 and $12.95, depending on the length of the flight. So it's not free, but it's fairly cheap. All right. Let's do uh, one more. When we come back, we'll talk to Christian Bowie, find out about this uh, call to the Leica show that involved her on Friday. Oh. Then we'll play the call itself. Then uh, Richie wants to come in and talk about his drag show that's going to be happening December 13th. We have tickets, by the way. And I really have to say... I don't mean this in an Eddie Haskell way. I really am impressed by this. I'm looking at these tickets. These are, that might sound snarky. These are real tickets. Yeah. I mean, they're from Tickets West with the barcode and everything. Uh -huh. General admission, admit one. Taboo video presents Rochelle, Rochelle Crystal uh, at the live in the North Bank. He's the only name on the ticket, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, apparently everybody else is just like he's the headlining act. Um, there are at, no important special guests. No, and then, and then there's his website, Rochelle.com. Which I haven't even got to. Does anybody know it's there? Yes, it goes to his uh, Rochelle MySpace page. Oh, okay. So it's uh, if you want to go there, that's Rochelle, R-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. Like Rich Ella. Uh, Rochelle.com. So let's do one more and then we'll break. After four seasons of syndication, Tyra Banks' daytime talk show was moving to the CW afternoon block. That's the home of Outlook Portland. According to reports, a bad economy had a role in moving the show out of syndication, as many stations are being forced to make several budget cuts. So in order to save money on Tira's show, they're also going to cut down her number of production weeks. The schedule will be reduced from 34 weeks to only 26 weeks for Ty Ty's chat show. Why is she called Ty Ty? <laughs> the new Tyra on the CW will feature an encore episode from the first four seasons at 3 p.m., with the new show airing at 4. Old Tyra shows will continue late nights on Oxygen. Well, nobody will see them. This is really confusing. Uh, this season, the Tyra Banks show averaged a 1.0 household ratings. That's up 9% from the same time last year. Hey, you know, but you know, the weird thing is they still produce new episodes of Jerry Springer. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when Jerry Springer said he was retiring like like six or seven years ago? I was thinking about this, actually, about Jerry Springer. How Wouldn't you love to see a no-holds-barred, absolutely real, true-to-life documentary about Jerry Springer? Because mm -hmm. he's a really amazingly smart guy. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever read, and I can't recommend this enough, the Playboy interview with Jerry Springer from some years back? The Playboy interview, of course, the definitive interview in American journalism, even now. Uh, and they did just a stellar, just a really 
awesome interview with with Jerry Springer. Really, just uh, just just great stuff. And uh, a bright guy, smart guy, motivated, funny, a good sense of his own sort of absurdity in terms of the show. But don't you wonder what Jerry Springer, what it's like backstage as he's sort of getting ready to go out there? Do you suppose Jerry Springer is backstage, like sipping tea and listening to classical music and doing the New York Times crossword puzzle and playing backgammon and then just sort of a all right then Springer, let's uh, get it together. Go out there and we're just gonna uh, just gonna buckle down and we're gonna uh, you know we'll be done in 45 minutes and then we can go back home and read another book by Herman Welk. All right, let's uh, okay and. Uh, all right, go. And then he just goes out there, and it's just like going into a war zone, and then he gets back to his hotel room and just has to decompress by reading aloud from a book of Tibetan poetry. I mean, that's just how I picture it. So I'd like to see, like, a real, actual, honest, behind-the-scenes, what-it's-like-to-be-Jerry-Springer kind of a movie. So somebody make that so I can watch it. Back after this with Kristen Bowie, uh, the embarrassing Tom Likas segment from Friday. Uh, let's see. And the top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Did I give you a copy of the top five? Uh, no. There you go. One of these, you got to play one of these. All right. Ah, there you go. All right, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I'm sorry, I was caught. I got trapped in the bathroom. Trapped in the bathroom. Just now during the break, uh, my key card just broke and fell off my laminate here. So I and I didn't realize it until I got in there and I was doing that likest thing of like I'm ready to leave the bathroom. Okay, that's a good excuse. I'm standing God. here by myself like where is everybody? No, I was uh, yeah my my key card just completely fell off my laminate and so I was just stuck in there. So I'm taping it back on. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up later on, we'll do the uh, top five uh, songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Uh, we will also um, talk to Richie Bristol uh, about his upcoming drag show, which is going to be happening uh, December thirteenth. And uh, whatnot. You're All definitely right. going, right? What's that? You're definitely going. Oh, totally. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. No, even Tim is going. And Tim doesn't leave the house for anything. So Tim is like, I will absolutely be there to watch this experience. So uh, that is coming up uh, December 13th. We'll talk to Richie about that uh, here in just a uh, just a skosh. All right. It's 503 uh, Kristen Bowie, if you are within the sound of my voice, and I know you are, uh, if you can join us in the studio, that would be, uh, that'd be fantastic. All right. So Yay. I don't really know... I haven't really heard this. All I've heard is the sort of background of what we're going to play here. Uh, so this is, I kind of just heard like the, the broad strokes of this. So we welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, Kristen Bowie, host of Musicology, Sunday nights, 7 uh, to 9 p.m., uh, as well as, uh, I don't know, Jill of All Trades Extraordinaire. Works at like 100 different radio stations here. Well, thanks, Rick. All right. How are you? Yeah. Ah. It's been an eventful weekend. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. So here's here's all I know. This is what happened. So I'm sitting in my office Friday uh, night, uh, just working on whatever, and 
I had I was writing some some copy for our voice guy. And talk radio, as everybody in the sales department ought to know, is not background listening. It is foreground active listening, which means that when you are listening to talk radio, unless you, I mean, maybe you got a brain a lot bigger than mine, but when you're listening to talk radio, it's hard for me to write stuff. I'm not talking about just like doing data answers. Oh, yeah, like you can't I, be on the phone or writing or anything. And, yeah. It's and so been I, active. And I was writing copy. Uh, you know, so I was trying to have to be sort of creative, and I had a blank piece of paper in front of me, and I was trying to write out, you know, a blank screen, trying to write all this stuff. And I just found myself typing whatever was on the radio. So I had to turn down the monitor. So that's the sort of background of it, is I'm not listening to the Tom Lyka show. I had it turned down. Kristen appears in my doorway at, like, I don't know, like 545 or something like that. about 545, yeah. And she said, um, just so you know... Uh, so my boyfriend was just on the Tom Likas show, and I guess <laughs> lied to get on, and they hung up on him, and, uh, anyway, so when did you, when did you know about that? And I said, okay, did it go, did it go well? And you said, well, I, I forget what you told me, and then, and I said, well, okay, He mentioned thanks. that I was running the board, is oh, what it was, he yeah. He your name. Yeah. Did he use your name? No, he goes, well, I want, he goes... I want to do something special for my girlfriend. Oh, She's running the board for your show up in Portland. I'd like to subject her to the ridicule of a national talk show. And, of course, he's doing a remote, so everyone's like, boo. Oh, God. <laughs> a remote? Yeah. yeah. I was that dump that bitch that day. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. He was your bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, so so that's the first part of the, you know, as I hear that your boyfriend is called Lycus and, and had gone on and, no offense, done some sort of jackholery. And... You know, and then it sort of ended. And then the next thing I know, I get a text message from Kristen on my phone. And it says, Dean just called me. And Dean is Dean D'Amelio, who is Tom's call screener. And it says, Dean just called me. And I texted back. And I said, how did that work out for you? And thinking, I thought maybe he just called to be like, hey, uh, you know, and I'm sure your boyfriend's a great guy. I've never met him, I don't think. But I'm sure he's a nice man, Kristen. But I thought that Dean had probably just called to be like, hey, tell your tell your jackass boyfriend not to call the show anymore. And... So I, I tell Kristen, how'd that work out? And I hear back. Next thing I know, Kristen, I think you came back to my office. You go, so I was just on the Like It Show. Oh, yeah. Wow. In uh, front of a live audience. Yeah. Not to mention nationwide. Yeah, they called me. And uh, and so that's all I know about this. This is the, 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 this is all I know about this. And so I've got... That's about the, all I knew about it, too. So. Now, does he do this? Now, does your boy... Is your boyfriend given to calling radio shows? I have, you know, I don't know what he does. <laughs> I told him, I was like, if you want to do any of it, do your own thing. Just keep me out of it. But, I mean, not just like us. Like, does your boyfriend, is he one of those guys? Because, I mean, everybody's kind of, know, everybody knows guys like this. That, like, what do you do? Well, I sit around and I call talk radio No, programs. that's not how he is at all. He used to work in the business at one point. All right. So Across the country. So. Now, is that Might the answer? Have potential to be awkward. Is that the answer you want to stick with? Yeah. Yeah. All right, hold on a second. If I can just, uh, let's see if we can just. Uh... Richie Bristol, can you come to the studio, please? I just want to clarify something here. I'm just, I'm just double checking, because this is. I want to make sure that we're all, that everybody's on the same page. Richie's busy. Field. All right. Richie, it, am I supposed to be putting this on hold? All right, whoever you are, you're going on hold. All right. Richie Bristol entering the uh, studio now. Hello, Richie. All right, can you put the dog on the floor? All right, thanks. All right, Richie Bristol, our intrepid PA. Are you still wearing heels? Yes, ouch. All right, good for you. All right, so I don't even know how, I don't know, how do we begin this? Okay. It's like we're having an intervention. So, so Richie, <laughs> Richie, okay, yeah. if, I were to, if I were to ask you, 
If I were to ask you to comment on this statement as true, false, or unknown, how would you comment on this? Right. If if I were to say, Kristen Bowie's gentleman friend doesn't typically call radio shows, how would you respond would you to that, that statement? Would be true or false? Uh, I say he does. All right. So what radio shows, to the best of your, apart from the Leica show on Friday, what radio shows does Kristen Bowie's uh, boyfriend spend his time calling? Well, I'm I remember, so glad I work a lot. I remember seven, eight years ago when I was working with the Marconi show, he was calling that show. I remember one time we did a listener party and got in trouble because he got caught there. I, I know of this party. Wait, what? For a listener party for who? For us? For Marconi? No, no, for Marconi. What, was the, what happened? He was at the... This is Marconi was at Entercom, but what yeah. happened? We were this at was Barracudas. before I knew him, I should say. Uh huh. We were at Barracudas, and right. do you remember uh, some lady was uh, pleasing him at the bar? <gasps> wow. No, 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 no. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the story that I got. Uh-huh. So what is the story that you got, which I'm sure is the truth? Well, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's all I have to go by. So, okay, so they were at this listener party. This is your boyfriend and? Eight. A lady. A I don't lady. know. I don't know the lady. lady. I, I didn't know him at the time. Mm-hmm. It's really none of my business, but I know the story. Um, and they were drinking well into their drinks, and all of a sudden he said that she had gotten into a specific area, and they got thrown out of the bar. In a specific area. Yeah. Yeah. Like on his body area, 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 area on his. Like like her hand person. had gone to a particular place on the map of his body. Exactly. So you get thrown out of Barracuda for doing seriously, that? dude. I, I've seen worse at Barracuda. I've seen, I've seen yeah. women full on like getting it on. Gross turn around, like grind their ass into guys dancing. Like that's uh, yeah, that's like mild for Barracuda. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, Richie, is this the same version of the story you've heard? Nope, I was there. <laughs> what is the version of the story that, not, that so. you will relay, having been there, Richie? Well, uh, how can I describe it? <laughs> Richie, I'm You're just going to say it was in its past and it doesn't bother me, so All you right. should say whatever. Kristen's her own woman. She's a, no, no, no. Kristen's a very self-possessed woman. She's uh, she's very strict. You <laughs> <laughs> sound very egotistical. No, no, no not no, self not self-centered. Like, self-possessed, okay, meaning okay. you have a strong sense of self. Yeah. No, no, no. I would never know. You don't shake. No, you know we we love you to death, and I mean that sincerely. I would never. No, no, no. I would never say that you're self-centered. You are self-possessed, though, meaning. Meaning you have a strong sense of your own personality and skills and worth and all mm-hmm. that. In a, you are not like a lot of people who depend on, <coughs> pardon me, depend on, you know, some, some guy, some girl, whatever, to Definitely. get your own sense of worth. Your sense of worth comes from within and from the fact, your knowledge, your awareness of the fact that, you know, you know what you want and you know what you're good at, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to wax your car. I'm just saying, you know, you know, you don't need no man to give you your, your worth. <laughs> all right, so... So that being said, so Rich, you, you, having been there, what is your recollection of the story? You have to, you know, keep it clean, obviously. But well, when people do things in public like that, usually when there's a woman involved, yeah. people don't care as much when they see women parts. Right, totally, yeah. But if all you see is men parts, you got issues. So he was, saw his man he part. was tackle out. Uh, it, they were like, hey, you gotta get out of here. Now the act, the act that. Put your pants up. The act that... that wait, so he took his pants all the way down? Uh, no, but... No, wait a minute. But, but the act that she was describing, is that the same act that you witnessed in terms of it, it involved the woman and her hand? Oh, I didn't, I didn't get a C. I couldn't see because of security. 
But his pants were down. I don't think they were down. It was but they were very open. open. But he was um, <laughs> woohoo! Here I am, or something. He was. Uh, it was. It was. It was. Uh, go so time. Would you say that it was that that um that he was probably that it was involving the hand? Yeah. Talk to the hands. See, no, I told you. I told you I before. couldn't do it without. All right, but you're saying that uh, that uh, afterwards, um, you're saying that uh, one, uh, once they left, everybody was glad they had left, and so everybody decided to give him a hand. Yeah. For having left. Yeah. Yes. And gave him a hand. Yeah. yeah for for leaving the bar. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. For the entertainment, I guess. Yes. So let's flash forward now but, to. But to he more would call the time. show. He would call the show at that time. All right. So he was being our I think he was now, a recurring character. Yeah. He had a name. Yeah. It was like the random uh, comment. Guy. Okay. So now yeah. was that? Now was that? Would you say then that his calling radio shows is? I mean, apart from like, is it sort of at an end, Kristen? Um. I don't know. <laughs> like Phil Henry. You know how? Remember Phil Henry? Didn't he used to talk to himself? He yes. had these different characters yes. where he changed his right. voice. That's him. So, like, but like, where else would I have heard him? Like, what other shows? On this show, many a times. Like, I don't I know anything about that. I, I recognize so Kristen, his voice. So Kristen, so, voice. so Kristen's, so Kristen's boyfriend calls it like in the past or now? In the past, like yeah, when? Now, like, what is the last time he called, I've been here? When? I remember he called like a a, a month ago, uh-huh. from and, last year, and he had to get dumped because he said something kind of rude. What did he uh, did he say I something? Can't uh, I can't remember. But he like came on and he was kind of aggressive, and then. Uh, so he got dumped, and then I went in. I'm like, I'm like Richie, who was that? And he's like, Well, I don't want to say because he could recognize his voice. And I'm like, Oh. See, and I'm not playing dumb, but Tara will tell you that as soon as the show is done, it's all a blur to me. Like I just mm. erase the whole thing. So he has five different names, but I recognize wow. every single one. Of them. <laughs> so do you typically screen him out when he calls here? I know it's him. I call him by his name. Sometimes I'm wrong, but I'll say whatever name he gave me plus add his name. But if he calls him. in, like, Hello, this is Pepe. Yeah. Like you can you can spot him. Yeah, I'll say, Hey, this is Pepe D. So do you screen him out? Uh, sometimes depends right. on. Has he caused? He hasn't yeah. caused a ruckus except for I guess this one time we had to dump him. No, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you guys call him on it. So. All right. Okay. So that all. Bad. So that all leads up to last Friday. When and when I guess now, Kristen, tell me what I'm getting. This is all one big file here. Yeah, so it's what one is file. This it's here? basically his call, and then immediately afterwards it's my call because there was about right. ten minutes and like five other calls in between. So you sort of edited it together. So for, man, with like that, like with the live like a crowd. Okay. Oh my god! As soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, this isn't over when he hangs up. No. <laughs> how long? Uh, so you're there, uh, and again, Kristen is, was uh, you know uh, behind the board for Lycus on Friday, making sure everything plays correctly, and you know whatever. Um, and so then, Lycus takes the call. How long into this call that we're going to hear, how long did it take you to recognize that it was your boyfriend? Oh, God, in- instantly. Was he using a fake voice? No, no. Oh, that's, okay. No. Uh, so the next uh, sound you'll hear will be that of uh, Kirsten Boy's boyfriend calling Lycus on Friday. Let's see if I can get this to him. The Tom Lycus Show, hello. Uh, Tom, I don't know if this is going to sit well with you and your audience, but I'm calling in to do something nice for my girlfriend. What's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah, instantly, instantly. Wrong foot. Uh, I'm like, and you have to do it in front of a live audience. I know, I know. Well, she's actually uh, running the board for your show in Portland right now. Oh, God. Wow. They love you. Yeah. This is the loudest that the crowd's been the entire time before. Well, you engender quite a response, Chris. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> Heck of a girl. <laughs> I 
I like how all he's done is acknowledge that he has a girlfriend, yeah. and you are therefore dump-worthy. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's like his audience. Gotta love yeah. him. This is wonderful. I'm sitting there at this point holding my head in my hands in front of the board going, oh, God. Did you know he was calling, or was it just no. a complete shock? You, now complete he's, shock. I wasn't expecting geez. it. So... Yeah. Didn't know By about way, it. Did you lie to the screener to get on the air? Oh, yeah. Oh, let's back up and hear that part again. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So Tom can... They don't like this idea. By the way, did you lie to the screener to get on the air? I'm just curious. I'm sorry, what? Did you lie to the screener to get on the air? No. Well, now, he claimed to me that he didn't lie. to you. It says here on the screen that, that what you wanted to say on the air is that the car companies have a flawed business plan. <laughs> Uh, this one with your software, Tom. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. He claims that Dean didn't ask him for a topic. That's, and, you know, in all you know, honesty, oh, I, I'm kind of inclined to believe him because I am all I have to, to do him. is stare at him, and he usually breaks. Like, he usually tells me the truth if all I do is just stare I at him. I don't know. He's giving me stuff. I am not inclined to believe him, by the way. No offense. Oh, is that what it is? It's a software my, issue. My, my that's software. like telling the cop it's the radar that's wrong. No, 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 your gun is wrong, officer. Software is run by... We're going to get Dean in here right now. Here comes Dino. Dean is sitting down on the mic right now. All right, Dean. All right, so this is... Uh, Dean comes in. All right, uh, what did Bill say? He wants to talk to his girlfriend or talk Bill about his girlfriend? Bill wants to do something special for his girlfriend. Oh, don't let Bill? Him. That's what he's no, calling himself? That's not his name, but that's what he's calling right, him. Don't let him do it because that's not what he told me. In fact, if he would have told me originally this plan, I probably would have orchestrated it and try to get the girl on the air at the same time. That's how I know. The girl being you. This guy's mm -hmm. full of crap. Then Bill tried to say it was my software that was the problem. Well, you need your IT team, Tom. You need the yeah. IT team. Not, not <laughs> wow. So he's telling Tom that his, all his, his, his stuff is all defective and that the call screener doesn't know what he's doing. That's that's the way to get right to uh, That's yeah. the way to, to warm yeah. the heart of this show. Yeah, your uh, your Dagoware seems to be working here, so I know for a fact that Bill is uh, full of S, and uh, he did not say that at all. All he had to do was be honest with me. We would have definitely had him on. Well, Bill, now you got to learn it the hard way. And don't try to squeeze it on the air either, Bill. That's why we have a delay. That's what I thought. And they hang up Thank on you, him. Sir. That sounded like they no, that, something. I, that sounded like that sounded like him hanging up. By the way. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. It so, could have been either way. Okay, so now you're listening to your boyfriend on Lycus, yeah. and you're thinking to yourself, oh, God. Oh, as soon as you go heard Lycus say, now you're going to have to learn the hard way, or you're like, oh, crap. Now, did you call yeah, him yeah. as soon as this was done, your boyfriend? No, he called. He called me. Um, honey? I was not Lycus. No, no, there was no apology, no apologetic tone. <laughs> really? Did, did he you hear that? Did and he know laughing you were, in the background? Did he know you were running Lycus on Friday? Oh, yeah. Hey, honey, we live together. He knows what, my schedule. Guess what show I just called? Well, I wonder which one. And what was your tone when you answered the phone? I was like, why? Why'd you do that? You used to run like it. You know better. What was his uh, response to this? You never told me not to. <laughs> I'm like, you know like it's a show. You, you never told me not to. All right. Uh, this is like when your mom would come home and, like, you've set fire to the living room rug and you're feeding your brother motor oil. You never said that was bad. You never specifically said, his girlfriend is on the board in Parkland. That's uh, what he said. Yeah. 
This is about the time where I run up Unbelievable. and talk to you. And he wanted to use our show. You know what? Send her a text message. <laughs> None of us care about your girlfriend or that you're in love. And it's right he about... Care less. So this is when you're talking to me. Yeah. This is when I knew he was calling me. I knew that he was going to track me down at this oh, point. You no. want everyone to know how much the two of you love each yeah, other. Exactly. And you so, didn't know that while you're sitting there in Santa Monica, and she's sitting in a fallout shelter in Portland <laughs> on the show, you wanted her to know how much you love her. And not only that, you wanted all my boys to know how much you, you could love sense her. they were about to call you. Your oh, spidey yeah. sense. As was... soon as that music started, I'm like, this isn't over. over. You know oh, no, 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 no. Here we are, cynics that we are. There you are. Her and you. In love. <laughs> and there she is, an employee of CBS Radio. And her boyfriend calling in, trying to get personal messages on the air. Wonder how they'd feel about that down at corporate. How I was your weekend, Rick? But oh, my weekend was fine. <laughs> you can't blame her because he's the one who called in and tried to surprise his girlfriend with a message of love in front of all of us. All I want to say is... You may think you're in love, but any day now, maybe not next week, maybe not next month, one day you'll call me and you'll be telling me, Tom, I'm miserable. Thanks, Tom. I'm miserable. All right, so right now, is your phone ringing at this point? Are they talking to you yet off um, the air? I think it was, he goes to break after this so they can track me down. He even right. goes, we're going to try and track That's her down, so we're going to take a break. All right. Teen's on the phone trying to call yeah. the board mm -hmm. operator in right. Portland right now. I didn't now. hear this part because that's when I ran up to get tell the other you all about it. Story. Did they call the warm line? No, they called the actual well, studio line. Well, while he does that, we'll uh. take a break and we will come back yeah. here. And then immediately the after chapter this, in fine. our little saga. Right. Coming to you, Kristen. Yes, it is. You're oh, there's, okay, so, um... Okay, so Sarah is saying, do you want to break and play the... Uh, okay, we'll break, we'll come back, we'll play the other side of this. We'll, in fact, we'll do it like I said. We'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll hear your half. There you go. Good idea, Sarah. That's a guarantee. All right, on the other side, we'll hear Kristen's uh, part of this phone call to like us on Friday. More news from Tim Riley and the top five songs that make being a junkie sound awesome. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Hi, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Like us at 3, Michael Mara Show at 7. Don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dawn Taylor from Film.com. Tomorrow Wednesday. Tomorrow, I think. Mick Wall, author of WAR, the story of Axel Rose. He'll be weighing in about Chinese democracy. And then Wednesday, our special guest will be... Tony Bennett, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday, the one and only Tony Bennett awesome. here on the Rick Emerson uh, radio program. It's 503-733-2970. All right, when we last left uh, Kristen Bowie, uh, so we're pretty much at the end of this here, except for your half. Uh, yeah. So your boyfriend had called Tom Likas on Friday, uh, lied to get on the air, presumably, and then was to say something to you. Do you ever find out what he wanted to say? Like, when he lied to get on the Leica show, what was his ultimate end game here? What was his master his, plan? I think his ultimate goal was to promote musicology, in all ah, honesty. Well, yeah. Uh, Which would have not ended well either. Seriously. For anyone involved. <laughs> so, Tom sort of figures out the deal. The jig is up. They either hang up on him or he hangs up. And then during the break, 
they actually track you down mm-hmm. and bring you on the air. Yes. Unbelievable. All right, so. Teens on the phone trying to call the board operator in Portland right now. We're going to get the other side of this story. Unbelievable. Well, while Dean does that, we'll take a break and we will come, come back, back here right. with the next chapter in our little saga. Coming to you at Kristen. Yep. Yes, it is. You're the board <laughs> operator at our affiliate in Portland? Yes, I am. I can't believe Dean found you. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to locate a board op, right? I know. Well, you guys don't have phone numbers that are listed, you know. Yeah, I understand. So, um, were you aware that your boyfriend was going to call in? No, I was not. (laughs) Were you aware that he was going to lie to Dean to get on the air? I did not realize that either. He must really love you. (laughs) You know, he must. My goodness. (laughs) Wow. I don't even really know what to say. Because I know how much board ops make. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do, Tom. <laughs> yes, I do. One thing we have in common, we work for the same company, Kristen. That's amazing. I know. CBS is a fine radio division. Absolutely. <laughs> I know I like my paycheck, I'll tell you that. Yes, I, I, I heard that voice and I was just like, oh, goodness. Mm. <laughs> oh, my. did your heart sink? When think I, I would say per when se, I bust, I when I busted like him for lying to the screener. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to have a discussion with him about that one. Yeah, should know better. He could have told us the truth. Yeah, he could have, but he did not, and I do apologize. Well, that's not your fault. We're not blaming <laughs> you, of course. Anyway, so how's business there in Portland, Kristen? Um, fairly busy now. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet the entire sales department has come in there to look through the window at you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is. They're lining up outside, you know, the studio. I know how that works. Hi, <laughs> right, Kristen. We just thought we'd check in with you. All right. Thank you, Tom. There goes Kristen. She's in love with Bill. All right. There. See, he was actually pretty cool. He was so yeah. nice to me. I was. See, because that can be so intimidating. Good. Tom is kind of an intimidating yeah, guy. And- and you he know, has those long pauses, and he's trying to mm-hmm. get you to say more. Yeah, and that's why I didn't. I was like, this mm-hmm. could end very badly if very I keep bad. going on. So I'm just going to let him kind of steer the call around. And Well, and don't take yeah. this the wrong way. The worst thing you could have done was to defend your boyfriend. Oh, yeah, be like, He's a good man. Yeah, like, yeah Tom would have just crucified I, you. Well, so. at that point, I didn't really want to defend him, so. <laughs> well, good for you and good for Lycus. He, uh, you know, he, uh, he uh, you know, I think. No, he... everyone involved was very, very nice, and I was very, very pleased at that fact because that call could have ended a lot worse than it did. Okay, now we have to ask, yes, and then we'll uh, uh, go to uh, the Ministry of Truth here with Jim Riley. So the, I have to ask, after all of this, because it's got to be nerve-wracking you go on the air with Tom Lycus, even though he ended up, you know, he was very cool, you know, he was mm-hmm. obviously treated you very well, recognized that it wasn't your fault. Um, so... But, I mean, it must have been stressful. So what was the phone call to your boyfriend like after all was said and done? And what is and what is it like today? Ah, it was a long weekend. Was it a strained uh, weekend? I, I, I think, you know, if, if I were Scotty J, it would be a pillow wall weekend. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right, then. Well, that's fantastic. Has he? Uh, have you made him promise not to call any more radio programs? I just looked at him and was like, why? 
That's all I had to say, and he was like, you didn't tell me not to. Could you get him another hobby of some kind? Maybe he could collect stamps or something. I tried getting him a video video game. It's like, all right, so I haven't told you to not do a lot of things. What else is I going to (laughs) do? Seriously. Well, you didn't tell me not to pee on the rug. (laughs) So, all right. Kristen Bowie, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Thank you, Kristen. You're all cute. Kristen Bowie, she really is uh, wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh, that poor soul. I I will say that working in radio does have its own share of uh, pitfalls, and one of those is you just you never know when something like that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I can't you just totally picture her though sitting behind the board, and Kristen really is just the greatest sitting there behind the board, and then she hears that voice that oh god is it oh uh, oh it's no a thinking feeling like no god no well, and then it's like unfolding layers of hell like when Dean the call screener calls her and then it's like and we're going to have you go on the air with live with Lycus. I mean it just must be. I mean, you know, it's sort of just like one layer of nerve-wracking onion after another being peeled back. All right, here's Tim Riley. Deep-frying your turkey is being called dangerous. Experts on uh, deep-fried turkeys say people shouldn't try to cook their turkey in a deep fryer. The method of cooking is very hazardous because of the danger of fire and burn injuries. Underwriters Laboratories and the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission are carrying out tests of deep-fat fryers. They're worried by the increasing reports of fires relating to turkey prior use. They want to make sure that they let people know that it's not a very wise way to cook turkey. Maybe we should go back to the old-fashioned way of using a real turkey and letting it thaw in a refrigerator. Is that like editorial comment there? I couldn't quite tell. No, something was supposed to play that didn't. turkey it can take three or four days to thaw and and it's okay to stay in the refrigerator for one or two days after it's thawed you know what's good bragging on yourself mm-hmm. all right from florida comes a word from where tim florida damn it crap that kind of sounded like thunder and lightning seriously a student out of Florida school has been arrested after authorities say he was, quote, passing gas, quote. According to the report, the Marin County Sheriff's Office said the 13-year-old boy continuously uh, disrupted his classroom environment by intentionally uh, breaking wind. He then shut off some computers while other students were using them. A school resource operator placed the boy under arrest after he confessed about his behavior. He's charged with disruption of classroom function and has been released to his mother. Really? The, well, I guess he was turning off computers, but the idea that you can be sent home for flatulence is a little interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. A 12-year-old boy has died from excessive deodorant use. A coroner has determined that a 12-year-old boy died after using too much spray deodorant in a confined space. Oh, this is England. I don't think they make spray deodorant here in America. Well, they do, but it doesn't have, uh, like, chlorofluorocarbons. It's mm-hmm. like air or something inside. Apparently, a volatile agent in the deodorant upset the boy's heart rhythm. He was hospitalized and uh, died days later. One of Europe's most famous nudist colonies has become the subject of an unusual investigation by French detectives after the destruction of three nightclubs and fires are blamed on naturalist hardliners. Uh, Normally, peaceful Captillon, a magnet for nudists in the south of France, has been plagued into anxiety as investigators suspect fundamentalist nudists. Nudists of harboring against, against swingers who are drawn to the town with the promise of sex. So apparently this is a fight between nudists and swingers, and so far the swingers are winning by burning down the nudist quarters. 
A carjacking suspect has been hit by a frozen turkey. This happened in North Carolina. Uh, let me be careful with the name of this town. It is Fuquay, uh, North Carolina. Is it? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You don't want to try another stab at it? Uh, no, I will say Fuquay and stay on the safe side. Okay. A man stole money from his gas station, approached Irene Morin, who was uh, heading home with groceries in a car. Then he tried to hit the woman. Well, bystanders picked up a frozen turkey and bashed his head in. Well, the man was able to escape, and eventually they cut up with him. He now has a serious head wound listed in fair condition. Excellent. That is it for me for now. Are you going to be uh, off to prepare more news, Tim? As always. All right, wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, top of the hour all the way through like us. Let's see what these phone calls have to say. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you today? Hey, Rick. I was just... I thought it was a bad call. Tom like so I'll call me give her my condolences. Um, is somebody was, playing a didgeridoo in the background? No, it's the airplane go, going overhead. Ah, going yeah. overhead. Not underneath, as they sometimes do. Now, why would they go underneath? Right. Uh, so, what were you calling about? <laughs> um, I was just calling to give Kristen my sympathies, because I thought it was going to be a bad call to Tom Likas. No, I mean, it was, well, I mean, it was awkward, I suppose, but I mean, they, you know, Tom, uh, you know, he, was, he recognized that it was not her. One cannot call, uh, control what one significant other does. So, yeah, because I was the guy, I think about six years ago at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh-huh. I got yanked up on stage, and everyone called him a pussy. Well, it was you that, 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 that what happened? I, I don't understand. You it okay? Was, you went on stage when like it was, or you went on stage to the Crystal Ballroom. What happened? And they, it was my dad that called me out because he didn't. Oh, like my dude, girlfriend. is this is this like I remember you? This dude, is where yeah, they were, I met you. They were trying to get you to dump your girlfriend live on the air, and your and dad I, of all people was trying to get you to do it, and you wouldn't. And it was yes. the whole crowd going like, "Pussy." Yes, yeah. and they called me back the next two Fridays because they thought it was funny. <laughs> and it was, sir. No offense. So are you still with her? I'm married and have a child with her. Yeah, well, there you go. See, so, so you know, I'm over, tw- tw- I'm over 25. I'm 29. So, so sometimes these things do work out for the best. Very true. All right, thank you, sir. Yep. All right, there you go. No, 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 Tom is, you know what, I tell you, Tom typically does have great sympathy for those who work in radio, though. He uh, he was there. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys at one point. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Hey, Sarah. Hey. Hello. I just went to my local market, and they have the new Viso flavors, Dynamo and Star. Excellent. What is your uh, what is your local market, sir? Uh, I went to uh, a TNT and also uh, my local 7-Eleven, my local Fred Meyer. I mean, what, what part of town are you in? Oh, I live in Canby. All right, so in Canby, so they have uh, they're both the Viso Dynamo and the Viso Star there. Yes, and I got a couple of each, and I'm about to crack open Dynamo and see how it tastes. All right. It is. Uh, it's quite something. Like I said they're, they're both pretty great. The Dynamo is the first one I tried, and it really uh, it was exceptionally refreshing. The Star is my favorite. I love it. Star is good too. That's what I had before today's show. Excellent. Enjoy, sir. Ooh, I just tried. I just tasted the Dynamo, and that is excellent. It, it is. It's quite. The Dynamo is the Concord grape and grapefruit. So, uh, and then the Star is the blood orange and grape. They're both. Uh, they're both quite something. Excellent. Glad you found it, sir. Thank you. Best show ever. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Hey, how are you? Hey, wow. hey. <laughs> hey, I was just going to say, uh, to give my condolences to um, to Kristen for yeah. that phone call of her boyfriend. Yeah. I feel so sorry for her. You know, the guy should just, you know, instead of sitting down on his, on his butt, go out there and get a real job to jump. <laughs> This is not embarrassing her, her, his girlfriend, you know. You are suggesting that her boyfriend find a different way to occupy himself uh, as yeah, opposed to calling radio job. programs about her. Well, to be fair, I don't know. He might actually. Do we know if he has a job, Sarah? Let me look. Uh, oh wait, do you know? Do you have like his MySpace profile or something? Mm-hmm. Do you know who? He, yes, you know, I don't. I don't even think I know who he is. 
He, who knows? He may, in fact, have it. He might be a delivery guy, for all we know. Well, then, Are of we course, looking now, into... now it's the fabulous CBS radio internets. That uh, all right. Well, so he may, he may, in fact, this may just be an adjunct uh, to his job. So, all right. Well, we'll look into it. I'll, uh, I'll pass your observations along to Kristen, though, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. All right. Oh, there you go. There. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. We'll wrap it up like it's a three. Michael Mara show uh, at seven. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, finish things up next. Don't go anywhere. All right. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson show. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include, I think, Mick Wall, uh, former author at Kerrang! Magazine and author of WAR, the story of Axel Rose. Uh, Don Taylor from Film.com. And then Wednesday, of course, uh, Tony Bennett on the Rick Emerson Show. That's very exciting. And then we'll be doing our uh, Hall- uh, Halloween, our Thanksgiving show uh, this year live, as always, uh, this Thursday. Uh, we'll be live on Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. It's welcome again to the Rick Emerson Show. Our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello. Hello. All right. Hey, you're wearing that Viva McRib shirt again. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go on eBay tonight so I can buy one of those. <laughs> hey, different different heel. Hey, those are pretty shoes. They're strappy sandals. I like those. But I can't wear socks with them. Well, no. You... Well, you're going to have to try to get used to not up because you're not going to be wearing socks at your performance, you are you? see the size of the hole on my foot from this? The... Oh, the straps? Well, no, that's like when you, that's like when you first start wearing... It's to look good for you guys. Seriously. No, no, no. I mean, even, I can admit that. But, I mean, the heels are really like a torture device created by men. Well, that's like when you wear... Thongs or flip flops or whatever they're called where you're from, you know, where it's like you know those flip floppy things to the sandals during the summer, and it wears a, a hole between your two, uh, between your big toe and your the toe, you know, the toe next to it. You know, like if you buy those cheap ass like thong sandal things during the summer, where it's like it's canvas and there's that canvas strap that goes between your toes, and it's, it's like, just it's like a saw, basically. Totally, exactly, totally, <laughs> just like cut the big divot between your toes. That's what those heels do. So yeah, you can't. I mean, it's like Birkenstocks. You can't wear heels, or you can't wear socks with those I heels. I know, but i got to somehow stop the blisters. you got to toughen up is what you got to do. Uh, there's a thing called New Skin. I don't mean the company. That's like an herbal life. But there is a product called New Skin that is like, it's like, um, it's like a latex Band-Aid, basically. You spray it on. No, seriously, this is what... This it, is what, It's true. Are this, they ribbed? No, this is... it's. Now, listen, I'm trying to help you. There's a product called New Skin that you spread. It's what cops use because when cops go to a target range and they, they are practicing target shooting, when cops go to the gun range, cops will actually fire their gun so many times that it wears out the inside of their trigger finger. It gets blistered and all torn up. And the deal is you spray New Skin on there and it just covers it up and then you can go back and it, it you know, covers a wound. So that's what, and it's clear and it's kind of skin colored. So that's what you should, you know, that's what you should get. Uh, I'm just saying, that's what you got to look for. And they, uh, okay. and they have it in all shades, all shades for all, uh, for all cultures. Really. Brown. So anyway, that's what you got. So what is the deal? So this, you're, this is happening December 13th and it's, it's benefiting a church? Yeah, the Metropolitan Community Church. Sarah asked if this is a transgendered church. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah, well, good for them. No, they, right. no, they, they have a they, thing called uh, Martha's Pantry where they collect food and stuff and give it to less fortunate. Awesome. All right, then. Now, I was to understand this is for children. Yeah, less fortunate children during Christmas time. Oh, I see. So they're benefiting the church and uh, for this Martha's Pantry thing that benefits kids. Yes, I'm getting more information. Right. I believe there's... Uh, you're awesome, Richie. So you're, so you're going to do a drag show for the children. Yes, 100%. Well, that really, awesome. We should make sure that that Westboro church hears about this, that you're dressing in drag for children. They'll uh, be happy. There we go. All right, so tickets go on sale this Wednesday? Yes, at Taboo Video at uh, three different locations, MLK, Vancouver, and... Um, 
the other one. And we're going to be giving these away as well. 82nd Avenue. I have to say, you know, really, congrats on this. It's a, you, your your name is right here above the line on the ticket. Yeah. Taboo Video presents Rochelle Crystal, North Bank. That's, That's so North cool. Bank. Are you the headlining act here? Yep, right here. Wow. That is impressive. But I'm, I'm working with uh, the Lips Cabaret. They're great. That's okay. Great. They're the ones giving me heels. Well, more more details on this as, uh, as they emerge. All right. Okay. We want to thank uh, Kristen Bowie, uh, as well as CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and James Roof today. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mick Wall uh, and Don Taylor from Film.com. Rick Everson, show producer today. Never day, but the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for AM Night Saturday. The talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley, the fun for Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget Upstairs, director of engineering is uh, Matt Green, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Dornoff. Marital Signal, Marvel, Bynum. Ah!